Legionnaires, and welcome to this NPR version of RPG Digest. That is right. In this live stream formatted podcast, we discuss tabletop role playing games and comment on the RPG hobby as a whole. Is this and, like AS? Is this and ASMR? And talk about our sweaty balls. And talk about our sweaty balls. <laughs> is this ASMR yet? Does it constitute it? <laughs> Not yet. You have to okay. do it like this. Oh, God. That mouth noise, that little watery mouth noise. <laughs> oh. Device is not connected. Okay, I will add him to the stream in just a moment. Okay. okay. I am John Maxley Oshlow, your favorite, not so humble curmudgeon, though I think I've been humbled enough for today. Yes. Today might be a calm, rational, no, nothing's calm and rational. Curmudgeon, critic, and judge. With me, for at least the introduction here, is Brett Heathen Dog Grissomer, and as I click on his stuff, it will also be Garthon, Garthon, Garthon. There we go. I think he's added now. I am I added? How do I sound? You're good. Hello. You, right. sa you, sa you sound wonderfully, sir. So, um, Heathen Dog, before you escape, uh, how are you doing today? I, I am not doing well. Um, every every moment I spend not laying down is is, is a moment that could turn bad for me. Then my plan okay. is working. Oh yes, plan is working. So Ravenslayer is sending me a message. It's not my throat, Ravenslayer. My bronchitis kicked back in today. So if I take a deep breath, it feels like a whole bunch of waterfalls rattling at the bottom of my lungs, and I start coughing. And Sounds he says we are late. He needs to get his clock fixed. I was right on the... <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, oh, I made a little scroll thingy so that people can see it. Where did I put it? Ah. Look at that. We were going to tough it out, but I think Heathen Dog's going to abandon us. Garthon, you as the only person here with energy, pretend like you're excited and you want to be here. Didn't I just sound like that? I thought I sounded like that. I thought I sounded very excited. More excited. Oh my god! This is go. the best ever! There it is. That, oh that's what you needed all along. I'm Perfect. fired. I'm yep. fired. Garthon replaced me. Nail on the head. Damn it. Let's all talk a about job. a claim. They suck. They're dead. And they had Valiant Comics. And they're dead, too. Yay! Okay, now, now you're show. into Kermit the Frog territory. But <laughs> I, I was actually thinking that. <laughs> oh, wait, I was told I'm not after Friday. I'm not allowed to sing anymore. <laughs> I've been threatened. Okay, anyway. So, what what is RPG Digest? You, you've been reading it on the screen for a while. If not, well, then you weren't. And I'm moving on to the next one, which is our social media links. 
Oh, that's not social media links. That's that's our schedule. What the hell? There's the schedule. It has not been updated because I haven't felt well. So there we go. The times are right. Days are right. Everything else is wrong. So just show up at those dates and times, and you'll see somebody playing something. Actually, the talisman one is right, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. watched we, you guys uh, just, last night. Yeah, we had a good game last night. Yeah. Sheriff yeah. won. Decidedly. I, Decidedly. I fell asleep victory. right before he won. Oh. No, he. Uh, it, it was nice to see that the NP that the NPCs turned into toads and died. Yeah, that's true. It's true. They they at the end when they died, they were both toads. And you know what? Couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of assholes. Yeah, absolutely. They freaking <laughs> that barmaid it. seems like she is way op. Like, yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna go with yes. It rolls just always seem to go her way because you know the computer cheats like crazy in that game. So Shadzar says, "Very weird. The stream was in tabletop RPGs before it began, then it shifted to podcasts when it began. I don't know. I I set it up for that that thing, the tabletop RPGs. All right. Anyway, we do we we have things we are going to talk about today. Just understand that two of the three of us, which is why we brought in our ringer, don't really feel well right now, but we're we're going to try this best we can." Um, now this time around, I'm actually going to try to put up the social media links. Where the hell is that one? Oh, there it is. Boom. Some things about the social media links. Uh, if you really want us to answer you, well, if you really want me to answer you, because apparently nobody else does, uh, <laughs> get on Discord and, uh, you can post some stuff and, uh, you'll get some answers from somebody. Probably me. Um, uh, website, I still have been, I almost should take that link off for the mo time being. Parlor has been going very well for us, and I want to thank all the people on Parlor for not being the douchebags that exist on Twitter. And hey, you're already here on Twitch and uh, and YouTube, so you know. Subscribe to exists by and for douchebags. That's all it is. Yeah, I think you're right. If you love being angry and saying bad things about people, Twitter's your bag, oh. baby. Oh wait, so I fit right in. Yeah, as long as you want to be angry the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, Twitter makes you angry, so then Instead you have to respond. Angry, that's it. That's exactly it. It is a hate boomerang. That is all Twitter is. It is a hate boomerang. I can I can agree with that. Parlor has been a lot better, but let's be honest. Parlor is tiny number one, and there are some people on there because, you know, anytime you tell anybody they have freedom of speech, they have to push the limits. I only, for anybody who does anything else on Parlor, I only follow you if you talk about anime, comics, or games. If you're or you know a crazy Trump supporter or a crazy you know mask, I don't know a uh, 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 conspiracy theorist, I am not following you. I'm only only over there for the anime comics game. But I'm, I'm only over there for the uh, for the lizard people on the Illuminati. I was gonna say that's because you're a tool hey, for lizard people. Hey, you are not allowed to talk about that. Sorry, sorry, sir. Well, now I'll go just screw up Subscribestar because Subscribestar is where I was going to tell people they could get that Illuminati information. But you know. no, I did update. Let's try that again. I did update Subscribestar today, finally, with like an initial post. Uh, we'll get some stuff on there. We want to do things with it. That is the new Patreon, the Patreon that won't kick you off just for doing something they don't like. And also Patreon got sued, so they might not be around much longer. Yeah, they will. But not, not in the same form that they are now. Probably going to take a bigger cut. And lastly, Spreadshirt, I did find... Oh, God, don't take a deep breath. Okay, I'm better. Um, I did finally update Spreadshirt. It is much more manageable now, so go check that out. I put a couple little little glowy 
images on our Discord. Check that out. Come on, I'm trying to do this with energy and I'm failing utterly. Uh, your the friends, intimidate your enemies, find love in your Legion of t-shirt at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. You've been waiting to do that for like four months, haven't you? I know, I missed that so much. I yeah. saved it up. You know what I miss more? Oh, there it is. Uh, walking without your joints creaking? No, the, the, the subscribe button. Subscribe! There you go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Let's... All right. I uh, want to thank all of our Twitch subscribers, YouTube members, all the cheers, bits, and donations we got. Uh, sh please share this stream. Don't share Friday's stream. Share this stream. You can't thank share our Friday's Twitch stream. That is true. That is true. My, my wife was not happy. <laughs> not happy at all. And uh, there was one comment I made in there because I don't get embarrassed about stuff I do when I'm drunk. I just will tell you, I was drunk. Don't like it. Well, I was drunk. But there's one thing I did. The person has been notified. We've got it cleared up. Everything's okay. But there is one thing I did that my wife was not happy about at all. And uh, so she was like, you better talk to that person. I talked to that person. Like I said, everything's good. But I still decided to delete the uh, delete this stream. Like um, actual good or Tom King and Jay Lee good? Well, according to the message I got, actual good. Okay. Then that's not Tom King, Jay Lee. Lizard people are RCCs. <laughs> Anyway, that's uh, true. They would be. Okay. Uh, thank you very much for the bits, Ravens. There, always appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Yep. So anyway, you know what? When we hit two thousand bits not on this stream, uh, we'll, we'll have a giveaway. All new subscribers get a, get a giveaway too, if I can remember. <laughs> I'll probably need somebody to remember. And what's next? Oh, you know what? We might not even have a segment three today. I'm not going to put that up there. So, uh, Heathen Dog. Yeah. Are you there? Do you yeah. want to do your OCC stuff today? Because if you do it, we got to do it right. I understand. Uh, Garthon, <laughs> do, do you have a, a copy of uh, Rip's Ultimate? No. I have. Okay. I think I have the original book. All right. Uh, I if... Oh, I have a photocopy of the original book that I put in a th that three-hole punch to put in a binder back in junior high. Wow, uh, that is some Bush League uh, shit right there. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, baby. I'm thinking that uh, we wait. We wait till next week. I'm okay with that. We're saying it live on stream. You know what? Sometimes it's going to go like this. When everybody's sick, they just got to deal with it. And uh, I mean, this is a conversational stream. You know, we're, we're not getting paid big bucks to do this. So if you guys are okay with that, I, I think we move on. We can talk a little bit about what we were going to talk about, which were yeah. the three OCCs. Yeah. Um, well, what, what we can do is uh, um, the, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to choose at least one or two um, OCCs that... Uh, people coming over from other Palladium games, uh, you know, being plopped into riffs as their second game could do, could just get, you know, like uh, uh, you, you, you could become this, this OCC to, to better acclimate to the riffs environment. Now, uh, if, if you're a psychic or, or a wizard from another Palladium game, like Palladium fantasy or beyond supernatural or stuff like that, and you and you you come into rifts. You you get the rifts amp. I mean, you're doing mega damage now with your spells and your psychic abilities. So you you have a you're gonna have a better time. But if you're just a straight up fighter and you don't have any magic items, you're you're hosed. You're boned. You're just you're just you're not you're not gonna have a good time. Even the and, blood uh, is mega damage. Yeah, and if if you're if you're from Palladium Fantasy and you have no idea about technology and how it works, then you're super you're super screwed. So one one of the things you you can do, if if you are from, uh, you know, beyond the supernatural or from, 
or you you were you were a communications technician in in Robotech, and you do, you don't have a mech or anything. Uh, you you can uh, you can become say a juicer or a crazy. I was going to do crazy because juicers have been done a lot, and people people look people don't look at crazies that much. In my experience, yeah, I, missed, I I guessed that last night when I said to Mama's boys. Yeah. So uh, you you can you can get some implants and bickety bam, you are now you are now relevant. You are now relevant in the, in the world of riffs and uh, for uh, for the uh, for the magic for the uh, user of magic version. I was going to go over uh, elemental fusionist because it's a new it's it is a, a new OCC for the for the riffs ultimate edition. It, it's it's in the in the main book and it was not in the in the main book for the original riffs. So we're going to go over that and uh, Schlow read it over and uh, he was he's on the fence. About I, it, I, like, I am. Part of me thinks it's really neat. Another neat part idea, of me is like, eh. but, but and, we can talk about that next week, though. Yeah, yeah. We I still want to go over these because there are some things about what were the other two, the crazy and the dog boy, that uh, I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, the uh, well, I, I knew you'd like the dog boy because you like anthropomorphic animals. I, I don't want to play one. Well, I you thought because you like you know Joe Biden and want to talk about dog faced pony soldiers. Wow, how did this get political from the not for the most non-political person? I know, right? That was weird. He said dog face pony soldiers. Come on. He said dog boy. It fits. Okay, sci hounds. There you go. Now yeah, we, we were we were <laughs> gonna talk about dog boys just just because uh um uh Max likes uh, likes anthropomorphic animals and his 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 favorite uh palladium type game is uh TMNT. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So we were going to talk about dog boys, and and it's it is a psychic class. Now, uh, in in the original riffs, all of the psychics were uh, racial character classes, and not occupational character classes. But in this one, mind melter, psy stalker, these are occupational character classes, which technically means anyone could become them. But I don't see that. Obviously, which one were you talking? About? I'm sorry, I was looking at chat. Which one were you talking about? What do you mean? Uh, who anyone can become what yeah an occupational character class is a character class uh, oc that's occupational based which means that anyone could pick up the occupation now i don't understand how you can call dog boy an occupational character class because you can't learn to be a dog boy it, it talks about the conversion in the in that like eight page story yeah. within the occ so it, yeah. it does talk about the conversion yeah but it just seems it, it seems weird I, I don't like that change uh, with oh, the, that's with a the ultimate edition, yeah, because in the oh. original riffs, originally uh, you were a dog. Yeah, originally it was a racial character class, which means you have to start out that way. Oh, that may that does now that you say that, I would say that does make more sense. If it was always this way, I would say, oh well, you know, I mean, it is what it is. You can go through the conversion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They got all the percentages and everything in there. Yeah. But if you're telling me that first it was an RCC, I yeah. I actually don't like that change. Yeah, I know, and uh, also. Uh, the the other the other psychic character classes are burster and and mind melter and psy stalker now now psy stalker i can you know i get i mean i can i can kind of see you you go going through a, a a conversion process with that because uh you're you're mostly human i mean you have some psychic ability you, you can get some drugs in you and and change the way it works and and bicky bam you're you're a psy stalker it, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but when, when you read what a psy stalker does, you're like, you're really not human anymore. You're kind of a psychic vampire at that point. True. Yeah. 
So eh, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not into that. I mean, the, the only, the only racial character class in this, in this main book is the dragon, the dragon hatchling. Yeah, I did seem to remember that in the past there are more, but I mean, I'm yeah. so ignorant of rifts that I, I don't like to say, oh, there should have been more when I don't actually know, but I thought there were. Now, what what a lot of people don't uh, don't remember is that uh, when when a, uh, a non-rifts character comes over to rifts from some other universe dimension, whatever, uh, magic is so powerful here that uh, that there there's a chance that they could they can be psychic. You know, they they have they have a latent psychic ability that is um, uh, manifested just just because of the high background magic of of the world. So, uh, you know, your your uh, uh, man at arms fighter dude from Palladium Fantasy comes over here and and he's he's got uh, no magic weapons and he's going, oh, holy shit, I'm just going to get murdered. He could just become a psychic. You know, there, there's a role. It, it's somewhere in the book. I forget which page it's on, but uh, there, there's. You, there, know, you can answer a change. question for me. What's that? There's something that threw me off. Um, so it said that the coalition doesn't like DBs at all. Correct. Okay. However, uh, so does that mean anybody that rifts? So if that poor Palladium Fantasy character accidentally gets rifted in, does that mean that the coalition automatically hates them? Because it also sounded like they were trying to reach out to them as long as they were human. Somebody eating. Someone eating on the stream? I'm bagging comic books. Oh, oh sounds, okay. sounds like eating. All right. Well, uh, yes, the the, uh, the the coalition believes anything that, that comes out of a rift is is a dimensional being and is untrustworthy, even if you are completely human. But hmm. you were rifted here. You weren't born on Rift's Earth. Even if you have no magic, you're just a dude then you you are you are seen with suspicion but you know you don't have to say that that you came from palladium fantasy or you you, you came from the robotech universe i mean you you're, you'll probably give it away just because you don't know anything i mean to be fair even your slang english you, you know, if you want right. would would give you away yeah there's yeah. no way that people after that kind of an apocalypse and so forth would speak exactly like we do now at least right. you know there'd be accent or, or terminology difference it's true it's true. Well, that's because they're going in. They're like, so where are you from? Oh, my good lads. I am from Chicago. Oh, you're not from Chicago. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not that bad, but yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know the way they that. describe Chicago, which isn't even in Chicago anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Chi-town. Chi Chi-town. Chi-town, yeah. It's actually like 60 miles away from where Chicago used to be. Pretty, my lords. I be from Texas. I don't know what accent I'm doing. I just know it's bad. Well, hey, you know what? You're adding energy to the stream. You keep yeah. doing it. Um, it's it's some kind of ist. I don't know which kind, but <laughs> God, ow, don't make me breathe deeply. I will start getting into coughing fits. Uh, but so, uh, yeah, and any anything from from a rift is at best kept at arm's length. At best, so they're never going to trust you. I don't, I don't like know a, what that means. Ghost of Panlorn. Shit, Argo. What happened? I don't know. Shit, Argo. Oh, Chicago. Ah, I get it. Okay, Chicago shit. Okay. okay. Chicago does suck. I'm not going to lie. Chicago's a terrible place. Oh, I've driven through it a few times. Actually, always to go to Heathen Dogs. If you're, yeah. if you're, if you're from Chicago, move. Yeah. 
Heathen Dog always makes me drive through it. That and Gary, Indiana. Hey, they had a nice song about it. Oh, don't... I don't know if the nice song was well, it Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Like yeah, it's nice. It's not I good. Guess. It's not good. It's it's a nice song. It's nice. There are, there are worse songs about places like Chicago, that toddling town. That's just dumb. All right. Anything Chicago. else on, on riffs? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, that pertains- we will we will go over the three OCCs. Oh, by the way, let, let me mention a couple things about Rifts for you. We got some comments. There are some people who want us to make characters for the game. And we uh, we will uh, make one at least. I don't know. I don't know which which one. I mean, uh, ideally, one one of the three are gonna we're gonna go over the dog boy, the uh, the. Uh, elemental fusionist or the crazy the so the ghost, uh, ghosts of Tanalorn. yeah it's like uh so chicago side what have i missed um you've missed that we're sick uh Very. we're trying we're trying to kind of power through this a little bit give give at least you know some semblance of a live stream uh we're just kind of talking a little bit of overview of what our plan was and then just make some side conversation right now um uh, what was I going to say about uh, the character? I, you know, I, I should, since I now have another week, I'm very interested in the whole um, the Rogue Scholar and, do- uh, was that Rogue Doc? What was that called? Cyber Doc. Cyber Doc. Are they viable adventuring classes? They are. Uh, the, the the reason, because uh, rogue, the Rogue Scientist and, and Rogue Scholar are are more so than, than, the, than the Cyber Doc. It, they're, they're called Rogue. Interestingly enough, they're 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 called rogue because they they don't tout the coalition party line. They uh, they they're all about actual facts instead of good facts. Like uh like like a, a lot of fascist re- regime, they have to you know rewrite history and and uh, you know uh, control the message so much. So uh, what the, the they are they're th- think of think of a rogue. Uh, scholar like uh, Indiana Jones, you know, uh, he, he sure, yeah, he's he's learned. You know, he he has he has training and and archaeology and and book work and stuff like that. But uh, he's also rough and tumble because the, this is this is the way the world is now. So you you know to to find knowledge, you got to go out and get it. So they are used to being in the thick of things. Same thing with the rogue scientist. I mean, they are out in the world doing their thing, co- collecting information, data, uh, pioneering uh, uh, new 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 front frontiers in in medicine or or physics or whatever. You have to be out in the world, and the world's a dangerous place. So they are tough. Now the cyber doc, a uh, little bit less tough than the rogues. In this instance, just because uh, they're they're more suited for uh, for a, a laboratory type type setting, but if if you have a if you have a, a partial conversion Borg or a or a full conversion Borg on your team or a crazy, you know, some someone with a with a lot of implants and stuff like that, then yeah, you're gonna want this guy on your team just because you know it's good to have. But. <laughs> I, wow. I think of that like a, like a uh, if, if you if you know Shadowrun, 
Pizza, pizza, pizza. What? That's my son. He's making some noise just then. Oh, okay. Well, if if you uh if you know Shadowrun, there's there's the the rigger who is great to have on the team, but he's he's useless except for certain situations. That's kind of like what what I feel about Cyberdoc. Okay. Great great to have, but more as an NPC. Understood. Okay. Cool. I've got nothing else because I just wanted to talk about the thing. So, uh, so how about Phase World? I've never played Phase World. Phase World is a uh, which which world book is that? Phase World. <laughs> oh, isn't that its own game? No. Well, it, it's a it's a supplement for Rifts. Hang on, I have the book. Let me go get it. I'm pretty sure that Ralph Bakshi's Wizards was based specifically on uh, the movie. That that's that's my take anyway. God, I want some energy. Okay, I'm gonna do something really bad. Oh, I can't put on my camera. I have no lighting here. Turn on my light. Lights off. Well, I wanted to let everybody know. Uh, those of you who watched a couple streams ago, where we went over Vason, I got my Vason hardcover today. The canvas cover, signed copy of it. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that. It's uh, just as beautiful on the inside. It's got some really cool. I, mean, I like the type of paper they used. It's, uh, it's kind of matte and rough, but not, you know, annoying. So it's a hardcover heavy... covered in canvas? Well, no, it's like it's like that canvas uh, inlaid. Uh, it's that's the best way I can describe it. It's like it's like a canvas cover. It's cloth. All right, fair uh, enough. And like... it's inlaid with uh... stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, there it is. Uh, MNP Outlaw is exactly right. It's a... Rifts Dimension Book Two is the Phase World supplement for uh, for Rifts, and uh, it, it it talks about the the uh, three three galaxies. There there is a uh, a planet very much uh, magicked up, got got the magic amp just like Earth. It's called Phase World, and it's 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 their uh, multi dimensional nexus. But uh, in uh, in in the Phase World. Uh, three galaxies, the Anvil Galaxy, something, I, I forget what they're all called, but uh, they have super, they're, they're, they're what Earth would have been if not for the coming of Rifts, because uh, uh, the Earth, right before the, the, the Rifts happened, was on the verge of, of becoming spacefaring, like F FTL, on, on the verge of that level of technology, whereas the, the phase world inhabitants are, are firmly in the in the um, FTL, they, they have they have three different kinds of uh, of FTL uh, based on science or magic, even because magic is is prevalent in all three galaxies. So they're even riftier than rifts. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, yeah they they have higher tech. They're, well, rifts. I I I still believe that rifts Earth has more magic than than Phase World and the the Phase World. Uh, three galaxies in general but not by a lot is that something that would be that would more coincide with trans-dimensional tmnt uh yeah i i i think it would it would fit in more i mean uh i was i was going to talk about phase world at the end because uh um well, we're at, we have something to look forward to there you go be, because uh it, it 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 follows my my original line of thought where if you're from Beyond the Supernatural, TMNT, Robotech, uh, Palladium Fantasy, and and uh, your your characters are too high level, 
and and uh, you need them to you know they, they still want to play their characters because they love their characters but it's just too hard to get them uh scared or worried because they're they're just too damn strong moving to riffs now they're a little fish in a big pond again well what happens when they get too big for riffs i mean you're you're it, it, it starts to get ridiculous right no you move them to the three galaxies it's not quite as huge a jump but the the level of technology is different enough to where wow you know all of our all of our you know weapons and uh, and uh, um, vehicles are just backwater hillbilly crap to these people. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a possible nexus point, right? I mean, uh, you, you you could just just like you got a random rift that rifted you into rifts, you know. Rifts happen all the time in in rift. I mean, it's called rifts. I mean, sure, sure. <laughs> open opening in space time happens all the time. You could fall into it for like no freaking reason whatsoever and end up in the three galaxies. Was the robot pilot OCC in the original game? I don't remember that one. Robot I don't pilot? Think so. Doesn't mean it wasn't there, but I I, I don't remember it. It, it wasn't oh. in the core book. I think it was no. added with the other books. It seems like I mean, and I'm I'm being kind of snarky with this, but it seems like, uh, huh? We lost the Robotech IP. Hey, let's throw it in the rifts. Well, I mean, it was with the Northern whatever supplement. They had a lot of mechs you could pilot. What was that called? Uh, You're not helping me, Ethan. Northern what? What are you talking about? There was a supplement that was on like the northern areas called the Northern Alliance or Northern something. But they had a whole bunch of mechs you could pilot, I remember. I think that's where the mech pilot thing came from. I don't I'm not sure. Don't quote me. Kanadistan? But no. no. No, it's a um the uh, Northern Gun Ish Ishpeming, I think Ishpeming, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, the uh nor Northern Gun is a uh, is is a is a company. In, in rifts that uh, that specialize in uh, uh, armor armors and weapons. Yeah, so Southern Cross was Robotech. Yes, right. Southern Cross it was the worst Robotech. Yes, the worst. I know most people like one. the first the first one. I like Invid Invasion. Well, the, the I Invid Invasion is Generation Driver Mastita. <laughs> I don't know the Invid Invasion is better than Southern Cross. So, so Southern Cross was a giant, 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 just shit show of bad characters, bad writing, and bad storytelling. Hey, you know, considering what they were working with, uh, gosh, I got to think of the guy doing the writing. He did a really good job trying to mash that into between everything else, you know? Yeah. Well, it was, it was a bad situation all the way around, but uh, yeah, it, it didn't turn out great. And Harmony Gold sucks. I just want to add that. Well, everyone knows that. Oh, don't stop it. They are bad people and a bad company, just so everyone knows. That's like saying, all right, all right, what Harmony Gold does is say that they have the patent on Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, so no one's allowed to make chocolate. That's what they're doing. So F them in their stupid, golden, harmonic, farting asses. All right, there you go. Ghost of uh, Tenlor, no, I never made it to the Mech Warrior Pods. I had one opportunity to go, but a uh, long time ago when they first came out, like in 91, 92, but uh, I never made it there. I was yeah, going to do the pods at Gen Con, but they wanted like 20 bucks for five minutes. So I told them to, you know, bite my butt. So NMP Outlaw says, I'm not into Palladium for the writing. Well, the funny thing is, is that whole Robotech thing, that's just Robotech. That's Macross or whatever you guys call it. That 
Palladium just had the IP for making the game based on making it. the RPG. Actually, yeah. 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 Uh, they didn't actually write the the series. I that that was actually my first introduction into Palladium was Robotech. Really? Yes. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Uh, back in nineteen ninety or eighty nine, <laughs> and yeah, then because... uh, from there we moved to TMNT. Yeah, I I, I spoke uh, a little. Go ahead. Okay, I, I I spoke a little bit about uh, um, Veritex being rifted over, and yeah. brought in brought into rifts, where yeah. Uh, yeah, and they they're they're generally have less armor and the weapons do less damage than yeah, than your average right. rifts you know giant robot. But uh, the the uh, agility because of the protoculture is just a step beyond. I mean, it's 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 not like a, a normal guy in a juicer. It's more like a normal guy in a crazy. Whereas, uh, you know, uh, if if you had uh, two two thirty foot robots, one one Veritech and one from uh, from Rift's Earth, the 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 Veritech will literally run circles around the uh, the the um, Rift's Earth version. But uh, when when it comes to uh, sturdiness and and just plain old DPS, the the Rift's one is gonna is gonna How win. Destroids. Destroids because I was always more about the destroids than the Veritex. I understand. And uh destroids our our are uh uh have they they're they're stronger and they have more more DPS than a than a Veritech, but they are a lot less maneuverable. They're still not up to Rift standards either. No. No. Rift's Rift's uh giant robots are menacing. No joke. They will take the, uh, out, you know, a whole army. Also, uh, as I recall from the Ultimate Conversion book, the uh, there are issues bringing Robotech protoculture things in because the protoculture will run out and there's no replacement. Yeah, that that's that's the thing it says in the in the conversion book that uh, if if you don't want to deal with that, then you you bring in people don't. from from the original Macross series because they have twenty year supply protoculture in their yeah, in their Veritex and they're, and they're relatively you just new. Say, or you just say this is rifts and protoculture flowers grow here because they should. Ah, it's freaking rifts. It says in the book that protoculture will grow on Earth, but not within one hundred miles of a ley line. And it's all ley lines now. Well, there there are parts in the middle of the country that 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 you can find that are you know more yeah. than 100 miles away from ley line but if you're looking on the east coast the northern uh northern part of the country uh relatively safe places it's not going to be there. yeah it, yeah then there's there's too many ley lines around it's especially in uh uh in the in the chicago area uh chicago michigan indiana that's that's a magic hub um the the uh uh southeast portion of the country it's another magic hub if if you want to if you want to grow protoculture you basically have to go to texas wyoming montana there's not the, there's less ley lines there so with the veritech you can get there pretty quickly that that's that's another thing the the the, uh, the veritech actually has the ability to become orbital that's true on its own yeah it 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 can leave the atmosphere now that's a problem for uh, for rifts because you're not supposed to be able to leave the atmosphere to have it in the game you you can make whatever whatever uh excuse that you want but it's uh, so full of space to breathe you get sliced up if you go that there. that's that's or, one or uh, hunter killer satellite was yeah hunter killer satellites is another it's however you want to do it in your game 
That's the reason. But you're you're not supposed to be able to go to orbit or beyond until right. uh, mutants in orbit, because that's uh, <laughs> half TMNT, half rifts. It right. is. That's where you had the blue bottle fly. One of the most OP RCCs ever created. I Anyone don't remember that, that but uh, I don't remember a lot from back then. It was like the dumbest mutant ever created. Okay, um, I gotta go for a second. In, uh, in, anything? Right. Well, I mean, are, are we? We're just kind of conversing about rifts right now. Sorry, sorry, we're not on screen today, but uh, none of us look like we should be. <laughs> I know I look like I got into a, a fight. You know. Yeah, yeah. More so than normal. <laughs> More so than normal. Yeah. Well, my wife did um, educate me oh, <laughs> in yeah. the ways of Japanese martial arts. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to make a re-education camp joke. Well, no, we put, no, I put her in internment camps. She'd just take me on the Bataan Death March, and I think she did. That's not a nice way to talk about walking down the aisle. <laughs> uh, You're a bad uh, person. A mannequin escape the... I, I am reading chat. It's just I'm I'm sitting here. Sorry, everybody. I, let me plop this again here. I am starting to sweat like no, nobody's business right now. It's just you, I go through those chills and then the sweats and the chills and the sweats. It's not crazy bad. It's not as bad as the worst case of this I had, but it's definitely. Also, I can't take a deep breath. Otherwise, I got I said this waterfall in my lungs and I just cough. Anyway, Heath the Dog is probably line. filling up a bucket right now. Yes, I am sweating like a hooker in church. Thank you. That's got to be placed on the screen. There you go. There you go. That's for you. I don't know what else Heathen Dog wants to talk about. Uh, I don't think he wants and, to talk about anything. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, but hey, he's, he's been trooping it so far. That's true. I mean, obviously, for those... What I like about this episode, though... Is the fact, remember, this is just supposed to be a conversation. And other than all the background noise that we all have, it's, it's frustrating other than that. Um, this is kind of how the conversation can go sometimes. Yeah, we had a scheduled topic to talk about, but you know what? Things went all snafu, and uh, here we are. So. Just the wow. way of the That universe. was actually pretty good. I, I like that one. I like that what one. Was, what was? What? What? Well... She says things I don't understand in that weird language that they speak that looks like chicken scratch. Oh, the moon language? Oh, there says, my favorite part is Garthon is here. I'm not putting that on the screen. I'm, I'm never going to let that go up there. Oh, by the way, Garthon, you ready? I'm back. Okay, Garthon has to Wait scream. for what? Okay. Subscribe! It's not fun unless they surprise Heathen Dog and he cries. Well, Heathen Dog knows to look for it now, so... Well, here it is. Right here, if you click... Okay, I don't know. Uh, did you log in with Legion of Myth, or are you kind of just a guest? I'm just a guest. Okay, so you can't see the brand button? Nope. Can't see oh, okay. anything. I'm on oh, my well. phone. Yes, Nihongo. That is what... Yes. Two Hongos. All right, anything else on uh, on Palladium that you want to go over that you think we might not talk about on another episode, or should we move on? Or... Um, let's see. 
Anything that interests you, again, keeping the conversation going? Or does anybody have any questions? Well, uh, I, I want to talk a minute about the about the general um, replayability of riffs. Okay. Uh, uh, well, I'm not going to get into this uh, in in depth into the series, but uh, riffs has like twenty, at least late late twenties, early thirties world books about everywhere around the planet: uh, Japan, China, uh, Africa, um, Europe, Britain in particular. Uh, South America, and all of them have their own uh, foibles and and uh, um, uh, good good parts, bad parts, stuff like that. But uh, uh, so within Rift's Earth, the question would be: Which franchises would you leave out? MCU, DCU? Well, you're chopped well, well I, I was going to let you finish, and I was going to quickly say the Palladium Megaverse has its own version. It's not MCU or DCU. Right. We did go over that in the first episode with uh, Heroes Unlimited, Villains Unlimited for the right. MCU DCU thing. Right. Um, it's got the it's got the Mac. Well, it had. It does not own it anymore, but it used to own the, the Macross Saga. It used to own a couple other ones, a couple other IPs as well, like TMNT. Now they've just converted that to After the Bomb. Um, I forget what else they may have lost. Well, well, mutants, mutants in orbit was part of TMNT. Oh, really? Yeah. It oh, was yeah. Half, half riffs, half TMNT. It probably works now for the after the bomb version of the game, which yeah. is pretty much everything that was TMNT just without the turtles in the name. So anywho, yeah. that's uh, so, I mean, there are a bunch of, if you go to the palladium book site, which I can put up here while somebody's banging all over the place. Um, uh, boom, here you go to the Palladium Books site right there. and uh, You can see all the current books. Yeah, you can see all the different IPs, and they're all interchangeable. So if you wanted to play uh, a James Bond character or, or a ninja character or... Ninjas and Super Spies. Yeah. yeah anyway, uh, there, there, there are so many uh, different supplements for riffs that... Uh, um, you can have you can have your people go from North America to South America or to Africa or to China or to Japan, you know, and and it, it's a it's the same world, but there there are the the dangers and uh, and setting is different enough to where it will feel new. Like uh, if if you if you go to Africa, you're going to have to deal with the four horsemen of the apocalypse. That real thing. They're in Africa, and uh, they are headed toward each other. And once they meet, huh, is bad. They actually merge into into a giant mega destroyer thing that's going to end the world. So I'm, I'm temporarily oh, that'd muting be bad. Garthon. That'd be bad. Exactly Garthon, right. I've I've got to mute you if you're going to keep having that background noise going on. But uh, and uh, in uh, in in Britain, it's a it's a highly magical place place and very very low technology. So it's it's a completely different uh, different experience than Rifts North America, in China and, and Japan. It, it they 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 also went went more magic, especially in China, and uh, they they went back to their roots. You know they they went back to uh, to the old ways, you know feudal feudal uh, Japan and uh, uh, dynasty type. Doesn't that happen in, in every game ever that uses Japan? Yeah, yeah, but the 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 cool thing is that uh, they they have a uh, one bastion of high technology in in China. Uh, there there was they, they were doing an experiment right right as the rifts happened, 
a, a teleportation experiment. And they they were they were trying to teleport like a pot or something time warped. Yes, I'm gonna I'm getting that right. They're, they're like tele they were teleporting something like ten feet away, kind of like uh uh the the fly, you know, the the uh, Jeff Goldblum one where he was just trying to teleport from one pod to another. Well, they they flipped the switch right as the rifts opened up, and with the with that all that all that extra energy, it actually uh took that city and the two other cities nearby out of phase with reality for 300 years but time it'll but it was only like three days for them it was 300 years for everyone else when they came back it was it was the now riffs it was it was now so they're you know 300 years later but they they still have all of the science and technology of the golden age of humanity interesting didn't Russia just go large? Whatever existed, they just made it bigger. I think that's the only book I don't have is Mystic Russia. I think it's the one that you have. I don't have it. I, I got it because Bob gave it to me because, you know, I speak Russian. Not fluently. Don't anybody start typing random Russian crap in a chat. I haven't done it in over 20 years. But, uh, yeah, so he gave that to me. I, I want to say I didn't read it, to be honest. I, I never read it because I never intended on getting riffs. But I'm going to tell you this. This might surprise you, may not surprise you, but I'm really thinking about getting the Rift's ultimate book after reading what I've read, you know, for this series and so forth. And I'm not just doing it because, oh, I really need this book. I'm, I don't know what's changed, but I'm actually finding Rift's interesting, which I did not when we played back in the 90s. And, and mm. believe me, you guys were not my first uh, experience with Rift's. Right. You were my best experience with Rift's, but <laughs> not my first. Um, kind of like a bad girlfriend, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, so I've just never really been interested in it. But as I've been reading this for this segment, I'm like, you know, this actually is pretty darn good. But then again, let's be honest. Somebody said earlier about, uh, you know, I'm here for the games, not not the backstory. One thing that Palladium does really well, Kevin Sambaita or however you say his name, uh, what, what, the backstories, whether it's Palladium Fantasy, even Heroes Unlimited with it's like 15 different character classes that they mash into one book finds a way of writing everything up in an interesting and, uh, dare I say, colorful format, a way that makes you feel like you're there. Yeah. And I do like the, uh, all the backgrounds of like every world that I've read uh, for Palladium. I've liked them all. Yeah, they, they do a really good job of storytelling and uh, world building in all yeah. of these. But well, it, it's, it's a little easier when you have a whole book dedicated to one area. But you know what the caveat to that is, though? What's that? The one caveat. <clears throat> uh, Slut, what the hell? Slutsanoya, Ruskaya, uh, oh my God. Random Russian crap. Oh, random Russian crap. Okay. Well, I so Ruskaya, I, I got that as Russian. I don't know the word random and crap. Uh, I, I use uh, Golova. No, that's head. Um, Gavno. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, um, uh, uh, what was I going to was I saying? Oh, the worst books done by uh, Palladium, in my opinion, are the original After the Bomb books. The original ones. Mm. With the orange cover After the Bomb, yeah. and then yeah. Roadhogs and so forth. I honestly thought that those were the absolute worst books that Palladium ever came out with. Because they are really, really light on backstory. Yes, they're li yeah. well, light on backstory, light on meat, light on anything in there. I mean, 
even and and they don't mesh well together. Mutants of the Yucatan does not work well with the straight after the bomb characters. Like the Mutants of the Yucatan characters are so underpowered, and I don't understand why. And I still see that they sell those books. I'm hoping that the after the bomb game, which I'm considering ordering also, uh, I'm hoping that fixes a lot of that. You know, after he lost the IP and, and reconfigured it, but that's um. Yeah, I, I always thought that those were the worst books, and I in, absolutely enjoyed reading the Palladium fantasy books. I think it was Garthon actually that got me into reading those, uh, or the the main book. And, and each character class, yeah, if you look at it at first, you're like, oh my god, this is three pages on what a damn paladin is. And mind you, this is three pages of old school typing. It's like eight point font. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but it's always interesting. And like the dog boy we were talking. How many pages is this dog boy thing here? Let me, let me oh I actually god. got it. Up on my page, uh, my screen right here, I could show this. Be a little more interesting than what we're doing. <laughs> uh, just the dog boy. I think it's uh, 142 to 140. So six pages. Six pages. And you don't need, I mean, you only need like what, a page at the most, you know, three quarters of a page to show the stats and attributes and so forth. The yep. rest of that is like how they fit into coalition society. How and, and how to play one. Yes. And I like it. It's not so constraining as Earth on Disciplines, even though I love Earth on Disciplines as well, but it's not so freeform uh, as to make 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons players happy. Mm. I mean, even, even the, it even says that the dog boys that, uh, that leave, the 5% that leave, are still loyal to humans. Because they're dogs. Yeah. Dogs are, dogs are loyal. They've, they've, been, they've been bred that way. And it goes into how, how you know why they're loyal, how they're loyal, and they don't care that they're loyal. It says that so many times. I was kind of like, I get it. You're trying to beat it into us that they don't care that they're loyal and can be abused and used. Although, you know what I did find surprising? Is hmm. that the coalition states don't abuse them. Why would you find that surprising? They're, you know, I mean, you... Because coalitions always... Well, the higher-ups in the coalition do abuse them. More so verbally than anything else. The size stalkers protect them, but uh, uh, because I, you know, the coalition states are always portrayed as you know, authoritarian, grumpy. At least everything I've read on them. No, I understand. But we wipe out magic and DBs and everything that's not us. You mm -hmm. know, be beyond hillbilly. You know, right, we're talking. Right. But they, they, they made the dog boy, and the and the and the size stalker. Basically, they, you know, because they they needed something to fight the supernatural without using the supernatural right it does say that they don't like the size stalkers yeah they don't like them but they're they're necessary it's evil. A necessary evil yeah, yeah. now what coffee. what i like is uh when when they made uh chaos chaos earth they uh which which oh for, for everyone who doesn't know uh chaos earth is a is a supplement for in between the golden age of earth and rifts it's when the rifts first happened and it's it's stories based on that time and uh what what they did was uh they they uh they have whole whole section on animals and how they interact with the supernatural and with dogs dogs are listed as the natural enemy of all supernatural evil things <laughs> dogs attacks are converted to mega damage when they when when they attack a supernaturally evil uh, being oh, interesting they they can and that's sense only them. during the time of chaos when, when when the rifts happened uh dogs got this ability or they always had it 
and uh, and it, it wasn't apparent because there was no supernatural evil beings trying trying to kill you. So you know they didn't know until that happened. Shadzar, if you were to go pure real world metaphysical type nonsense, uh, cats would uh, actually they would they would understand them. They'd see them, but they'd be be able to walk freely through them. Dogs would sniff them out and warn you about them. Yes, uh, the, what the what the dog actually does is uh, uh, senses supernatural evil. I think it's like 100, 200 feet away, whether it's transformed or not. You know, it, it, it could be invisible. It could be, you know, transformed into a into a, a, a human looking person. But the dog in, instantly knows and and instantly will tell any human nearby. And if it gets within 20 feet, it will just attack. Flat out attack or or if if this supernatural evil thing uh, becomes aggressive toward its master or another human that's around it, it will just defend that human. Um, I'm just showing some of the book to break up some of the monotony. Uh, but the, the problem is that dogs, uh, they, they they're, they're still uh, SDC creatures. They're still normal. So, you know, one little flick from from the supernatural creature will kill the dog. Now, cats, on the other hand, I, 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 if I remember correctly, this is true, but, but cats, uh, damage from a, from a, from a supernatural creature is, is converted from mega damage to, to normal damage. Interesting. Well, when I used to study the occult and all that stuff, the one of the things that I was always uh, talking about is that cats could interrupt circles and cats could get in the way and so on and so forth because they're naturally some BS, I don't know, but dogs would always ward away those spirits and ghosts and other such bumps in the night. Yeah. So that does make sense that, yeah. uh, and, and how they, uh, interpret it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, the, the, the funny thing is horses are just as good at, at sniffing out, uh, supernatural things as, uh, dogs, but they 100% always run away. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And it also, it also gives write-ups on birds, different, different kinds of birds, uh, um, insects you know stuff like that so they, they they put a lot of time into this and uh um they, they also have uh uh sections on uh old old uh ways to fight supernatural things like uh um garlic cold iron uh silver garlic wolf's bane uh belladonna you know what what works against this supernatural creature or that supernatural creature it actually works Salt, salt, yes, salt works too, but only if, I, if I remember correctly, it didn't like repel or anything. It just did a certain amount of damage. Well, salt, uh, the the whole salt line thing, like some 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 supernatural creatures can't cross a line of salt. They have that, you know, specific supernatural it's got creatures. supernatural thing going on, huh? Yeah, basically, yep. yeah. But vampires can't cross running water. Yes. Now, uh, people Sword are guns. people are just discovering this. In uh, in uh, um, in the Chaos Earth. So, you know, it, it was. I I think it's neat because uh, because your your uh, Macross type thing or Heroes Unlimited going into Chaos Earth, it's all new, and everyone everyone, including all the NPCs, are discovering this together. I think it's pretty cool. I'm 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 a I'm a big fan of Chaos Earth as a as a general setting. You know. Uh if you want to, if uh, somebody can find it, they can, or you can link your Chaos Earth video because it was one of the more highly rated ones. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> People liked your Chaos Earth 
it's a little old now, but I mean, the information hasn't changed. Yeah, so the information matter. hasn't changed. I mean, so I want to thank everybody who's been putting up with our slow stream. Oh, there so it is. Far. Thank you. I haven't run this in a while, but uh, those of you've been coming in and out. So let's put that back on the screen for a little bit while I'm showing some pictures. There, there it is. Really, uh, you know, any questions you have and so forth. Uh, I'm, well, for whatever reason, I think I'm feeling a little better now than I was even like you know, 15, 20 minutes ago. That's a good thing. And if I'm it's going the through power these pictures, of positivity. It's you. You're the only positive one here. That's me, baby. Talk about that. I need to mute myself. I have to take deep breaths every once in a while. If I take a deep breath, I won't be on the stream anymore. I'll be coughing for like an hour. <laughs> Taking a little shallow. I'm going to die breaths. I found you guys through the chaos. Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's good. Good stuff. Well, we plan on sticking with Palladium for a while. Um, I mean, I know Heathen Dog wants to focus on Rifts and, you know, we'll see how far this goes. The two games that I'm waiting on, because I have to get copies of them, are uh, obviously when Cyberpunk 2077 comes out, we're going to transition to that tabletop RPG, you know, take advantage of the hype. But also, I'm waiting for my physical copy. Yes, I could download a uh, PDF right now, but I'm waiting for my physical copy of Big Eye Small, uh, Big Eye, Small Mouth. I have like the cool. second edition of that. Yeah, this is be fourth edition. It's still yeah, Tristat. They, they got to be up to fourth. Yeah, Tristat's we'll an interesting system, so that should be interesting to hear. But I, I look at it like this. Let's see, there, there are two things about the game. The Tristat system interests me simply because... Oh, I can stop that. Cool. Uh, simply because I find rules light games just to be interesting. I'm not saying good but interesting how they accomplish it. Like uh, like the Free League publishing games. It's the Actually, to be honest, it's the only rules-like game system I enjoy. I typically don't like rules-like games. I typically like encyclopedic games, but I'm not talking third edition D&D. I'm talking games like Palladium, where there's just so much there, so much you can do. Not every little nuance of the rule has to be you know, adjudicated through a calculator. Uh, Am I the only one who can't hear about Free League's publishing without thinking of the FRR? <laughs> Free Rassel Hog Republic? Yeah, I always think of that. I know well, they're not linked, but I always think of it. No, the uh, uh, Free League publishing actually comes from the first game that they, they did, which was Coriolis. A lot of people think the Mutant Games are first. Mutant Games are readopted, if I remember correctly, but Coriolis was the first game, and it's one of the factions in the Coriolis game. Oh, you on, on the screen right now, you have that shifter? Yeah, that that's that's a guy just wearing a vest of dynamite. <laughs> Dumbest class ever. Pretty much, yeah. You know, I would love to see somebody who played. You know, here we go. <clears throat> I'm gonna reach out to the viewers right now. If anybody made it this far into the video, especially with this being on YouTube later, um, and not falling asleep, sorry. But uh, if you make a shifter, if you like the shifter, if you think the shifter is viable. I want to bring you in to debate Heathen Dog as to why you think it's viable. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a we'll do a Crowder thing. Uh, shifters suck. Change my mind. Oh, that was Crowder. Yeah, I've tried to stay out of politics so much. <laughs> I never liked this bre breathing apparatus for the Leyland Walkers. Well, that is uh, an affectation from Chaos Earth. Uh, the uh, in 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 Chaos Earth, they're called Blue Zone Wizards or 
Blue Zone Wizards, yeah. And uh, r- r- right after the rifts happened, the atmosphere was all jacked up because you know the the, the Yellowstone super volcano went off, um, earthquakes everywhere, you know, disease and, f- and and famine because of all the dead bodies, and you had to wear for for the for the first couple of years you had to wear a breathing apparatus if you're going to be going to be outside, and uh, the the Blue Line Wizard only had their power on ley lines. So they were outside. I, I do. I do remember that that the original ones only had their power yes. there. Yes. Yeah. So they had the. So they had to wear that, and they were wearing it so many years. It became. It became a a a, a leyline walker affectation. You know, like this is their uniform. Gotcha. Okay. They don't Makes really sense. need. It. Yeah, but it's tradition. It probably just came because. Who was the artist? Stephen Long just really liked drawing them that way, and then they decided, yeah, 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 or make a reason for it, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, no, no. or yeah. with <laughs> that never happens in gaming. Is. Yeah, but then again, with the way Kevin's body is, he might have actually planned all that out and said, okay, when you draw this, they always wear one of these. You know, why? He does totally. love to play. He loves to plan that kind of stuff out, man. He loves that deep thought. And then he also loves like stupid systems that makes like spraying an automatic weapon useless. You know. Just saying. Hmm. Was it? Uh, I use the. Um, but see, I don't know how well it work in rifts because of the mega damage stuff. But I use the uh, with compendium of modern weapons with the penetration value and so forth. I, I yeah. don't think that would work with no, rifts. It doesn't. Not really. Because they're these all crazy magic composites and laminars and stuff. Yeah, you, you still give a penetrating value. The thing that stops it is the uh, the I can't uh, mega damage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me- mega damage does not uh, do anything with with penetration or armor rating. It right. just bypasses all that. Yeah. All right. Anything else, or should we slowly dive into the next thing? I mean, I, I don't want to stop you from talking about anything you want to talk about since it's kind of just a scrub episode right now. But I think the information we're given is good. You know, if I'm head of propaganda, I want to wear a uniform that looks really intimidating. Oh, uh, funny story. Uh, stop, stop, stop scrolling. Uh, G- General uh, Jericho Holmes. That, that, this, uh, he is a, a really, really good uh, example of, of Riffs doing, doing really, really good uh, world building story wise. Uh, there uh, in the in the six source books for the war for the for the uh, war for uh, war on Tolkien, he has a he has a prominent role, and he is a coalition hero and and uh, I, I I really recommend uh, if if you're if you're into riffs and and you, you want to do a long campaign because like I said this is six uh, supplements six full book supplements. Uh, on just the war between the coalition states and the and the Federation of Magic, based in their their capital of Tolkien, and Jericho here, he uh, they 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 write him up as as to be like you know, super um, tactical general. You know, the, the, he he does amazing shit, and and it's it's awesome. And you read the stories like, my God, this is a good story. This this could be a book by itself just about this guy, and I'd I'd have fun reading it. It, it's it's really great, so uh, yeah, uh, ch- check check him out if you can. Jericho Holmes, read up on him. You said that uh, Rifts has a lot of replayability because of the different world books and because so of the different world books, right? Outside of that, 
You know, and, and it kind of reminded me of something that I always kind of felt that every riff session was the same. How's that? Where, well, just generally speaking, we're either shooting monsters or we're shooting coalition. You know, kind of like that. Uh, I'm oversimplifying, yes, but I, I really didn't feel like the world changed or progressed because of what we did. And at low level, that doesn't bother me at all. Well, but to, isn't that the fault of the person running the yeah, game? Yeah, that's the fault of the game, game master, really. Um, who are our game masters back at Andrews? Well, I was one of them, but, you know. Uh, I don't think your game lasted long, did it? No, well, I didn't I run your game all that long. Say, uh, I, played, no, I, played I, the over, I took over Bob's game. Oh, did you? Okay, because I played the cyborg in his game. Yeah, yeah, that was the elemental eyesore thing. <laughs> it's funny is that when I was reading that crazy thing, how spot on that uh, what was his name, Mike? Uh, was yeah, his name. Uh, was, was playing eyesore. the ju yeah playing the playing the crazy. I'm like, this dude was spot on. Everything I'm reading here is exactly how I played it. So good on him. Yeah, but uh, if if you actually uh, get the world book and and go go through its um, uh, story. That it has with with all of its uh, example event, not example adventures, but it, it has adventures that that you take in order to to uh, have your characters experience the whole story. If you do that, you you end up changing the world. You know, you, well, your the the uh, characters feel like like they they had a hand in in uh, changing the world, making it better or worse or whatever, depending on how they played. Okay, so it's just strung out through a campaign. I, I yeah. okay. This, this guy, I thought the Federation of Magic was wiped out. The the Federation of Magic uh, at the end of the of the Tolkien War is 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 not wiped out, but is the the, the Coalition won. They they won. Yeah, spoilers. Sorry. Oh, and, there's that Rifts game that that put in the Elemental Fusionist. <laughs> Only on Engage. Hey, Garthen's probably got one of those. I do not have an N gauge. No one has an N gauge. That was a that was a phone gaming system Nokia made that you actually had to take out the battery to change games. Wow, that's impressive. Not kidding. Well, it was a uh, yeah. Nokia decided to get into the handheld game market, and they made the worst one of the worst handheld game systems ever. Not the worst. They're worse. Riffs promise of power. I'm going to look that up. Stop and share it. I'm going to look that up right now. While you're still talking about stuff, I want to see if I can find it. So wait, well, why'd you have to take anything. out the battery? Because they put the cartridge slot behind the battery. That's weird. So you, it is weird. And you're like, why couldn't you develop a sort of top-loading mechanism? But because they had the car slot load, mounted directly to the main board, and the front of it was a screen, you, I, there, I, I don't know how that ever got past. Also, the Nokia N-Gage... When you use it as a phone, you had to hold it like a taco. Like you didn't talk into the front of it where the screen was. You had to talk from the side of it. It was like holding like a taco next to your face. And also the way the way this, the system was designed. I don't know. All right. So when they designed the end gauge, the designer kept like doing, all right, okay, the phone should look like this. And Nokia kept shooting everything down. This was in the 90s. Does anyone remember? Well, it was early aughts. Oh, wow. Does, does anyone remember the image? It was an early like meme they call that a goatsy. It no. was of a dude 
holding open his anus. Very, very wide. It was one of those things where you'd sit, like, you'd send, someone would send you, oh, cute kitten, you'd open it, and it'd be this dude holding open his butt. Okay. That was a thing. Uh, So the guy designed the end gauge, he got so mad at being rejected, like, 20 or 30 times, he designed it to look like you got the screen in the middle, and the buttons look like fingers holding it open. That's just weird. He did it on purpose, that if you do... That it was he was referencing this image, which was kind of a thing at the time. That's obviously what it was. He's like, screw you guys. And he did that. And he laughed. And then they said, Oh, that's great. And he went, What? And they used it. <laughs> and so it looks kind of weird. And then when you realize what the image is referencing, it's like, oh God. Oh, and the guy, I don't know if he's a hero for doing something so horrible, or like, wow, you should have thought that through. But well, apparently wow. that story upset some people. <laughs> Good. Aaron. <laughs> I didn't make it up, man. I That's I true. I got no, you. All, this is all life, man. You, you I'm not saying, I mean, oh yeah, I got a big poster of it in my room. It's great. It was designed to be a butthole. <laughs> true That's story, though. Age. Yeah, if it's a weird want, story, and it is the truth. If people want uh, Heathen Dog to go into like some of the history of riffs, I don't see why we can't do that in a future episode. Maybe, yeah. maybe add that in. That wasn't something we were planning on, but no. if it's going to no. be interesting for people, and you know, if you got a specific topic, the problem with riffs when you start doing that, okay, we you know we got like a request there for the Tolkien War, right? Well, that's not so bad, but I mean, some of this stuff can get pretty deep and pretty long. There's a well, you lot know what? of riffs history. You know what? For 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 right now, since I already brought it up, we we will uh, talk about General Holmes. Just, just his little, his little portion, and do I put him back what, on the screen here? Yeah, go, go ahead and put him back on the screen if you can. I don't know. Uh, what happened was uh, during during uh, one of the the very first big fight with the with the Federation of Magic, the the coalition got routed. I mean, it was a goddamn massacre. And uh, General General Holmes was was in charge of uh, like three hundred thousand for four hundred thousand troops. And he was on the he was on the northern flank, and and he was he had to retreat north. But the problem is, uh, north of uh, of the battlefield was the Exidix territory, and they're Ooh, they're Minnesota. like, yeah, yeah, they they are uh, uh, giant bugs that uh, kill all things that aren't them, like right away. Now, everyone saw him retreat toward their territory. And oh, he's fucking dead. Him and all his men, they're just dead. Everyone wrote him off. The coalition said, okay, he's dead. The the, the Federation of Magic are like, okay, he went to Exidix territory. He's fucking dead. So we don't got to worry about him at all. And 99 times out of 10, you'd be right. But uh, what they didn't know is that uh, General Holmes had a, he had a hobby. And uh, that, that hobby was, uh, was a, a DB... Uh, psychology, you know, know your enemy type thing. And he had some theories on, on how to, uh, how to infiltrate uh, uh, Exidix territory. And one of them was well, one of them, what he put into practice where he had all of his flying units come on the ground. He slowed everyone down to like five miles an hour. Nobody attacks unless attacked first. And then you only do it. You only attack enough to drive the bug away. And then you just keep moving. You don't stop. Slow movement, and it it just you know it uh, it it screwed with their with their bug brains. And 
after a while, they actually, to, to the bug's mind, they became part of the landscape. They were no longer enemies. They were just there. They were moving so the slowly. Intelligent. They, they, are, they are intelligent, but they are intelligent insects. They think differently. Fair enough. Okay. And uh, what happened was uh, uh, General Holmes went north in, into the bug territory, very slowly circled back around and came out of bug territory and immediately hit his army. Uh, he, uh, they dug, they dug holes, buried the machines in it, uh, had, 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 had the, the, the uh, troops go into the woods, uh, keep campfires to a minimum. And he sent spies to the area and the spies found out that everyone thought that he was dead. Everyone thought that what, what actually happened, he went in there with 400,000 people. He came out with a little over 300,000. So he had still had a sizable fighting force. What he did was he waited. He waited on, until the coalition was going, was going to do a second push. And during that time, like an armed herd of humans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, they're, they're, uh, the, the, the bugs were tricked into thinking that they were supposed to be there. They're, they're part of the landscape, like, like, a, like a herd of buffalo. A herd of buffalo is just a herd of buffalo. You know, you, you, you let it do its thing and it goes away. Tricked them into thinking that they were just normal. Not, not to be attacked. Anyway, uh, he sent spies through, through the months that he was hiding. He sent spies into the city of Tolkien. And to, uh, he, the, they, had, uh, they had three missions. One, uh, set yourself up as, as part, part of the city. Two, uh, map out all of the high-profile targets. Uh, ma magical generation uh, units, um, techno wizard uh, uh, structures and three be able to destroy those in a moment's notice. And so when, when the, uh, when the, when the second coalition advance started going, the, the Tolkien army moved out to the East to meet it. Well, at that moment, uh, he, he told, he told his men to, to, to blow all of all of the all of the mystical shield generators, and he flew in something like ten thousand uh, Samus, which are the which are the, the the power armor with the wings. And their their job was was just to buzz everything, just fly at basically ground level all around the city, causing panic and confusion. While that's happening, um, all of the all of the sleeper agents. Uh, blew all of the all of the uh, magical uh, power power uh, cells, all all of the techno wizard apparatus that that allowed them to to raise magical force fields or teleport people or or communications, whatever. Blow all that. Once that's done, his main fighting force attacked the northern wall, which was the least defended, because that to to come at them from the north, you have to come come from the bug territory. No one does that. Well, he did it. And the moment, the moment his, uh, his, his fighting force hit the, the, the Northern wall of, of Tolkien, he, he broke radio silence and he went on every single frequency and said, this is, this is general Jericho Holmes of the, of the coalition state. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm attacking Tolkien city. I am at the gates. Does anyone want to fucking join me? 
And this, this hearing that, uh, caused so much, uh, swell of, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't want, I don't say emotion, but, uh, momentum in the, in the, in the coalition army that everyone thought this dude was dead. And now he's a, he's, he's at the gates. He's, he's sieging the city right now. Holy shit. I want to see this. They, so where's the supplement where he takes over the coalition? <laughs> no, the, it, it, it doesn't, uh, uh, Admiral, uh, Prosek, the J Joseph Prosek, the second, who's also on here, uh, he would have him murdered if, if he, if he tried to get political because, because uh, he could take over the coalition at this point. Is it the Emperor Prosek also? Uh, there, um, Joseph Prosek, the, 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 the second is the head of propaganda. He becomes the emperor. He takes over from his father, oh, okay. but, uh, yeah, he would, he would definitely have, uh, Holmes killed if even there was a hint of him, uh, becoming political because he would definitely win. And, uh, the, the coalition is a fascist empire. You, you can't have people who are not in line. Yeah, but yeah, and so uh, all, all of the coalition forces were were just juiced, amped up, and uh, just mowed through the uh, the uh, um, Federation of Magic forces. Number one, from from sheer momentum, and number two, all of their backup and all, all of their power base was was disrupted because uh, uh, Jericho had successfully uh, d disrupted all all magical communication. Uh, there, the, the the reason that Tolkien could not be breached is because it's in the center of three ley line nexuses, and they had a system to where they could tap all three at the same time to create an impenetrable force field around around uh, around the the city and the and the surrounding area. Well, uh, Jericho uh, successfully disrupted that mechanism from the inside. And, th and that was his main plan. So they could not bring up the shield. And so when, th when the coalition forces got there, they just ran roughshod, roughshod just over them because they were really dependent on that force field as a defense. Without it, they could not re uh, repel the, the coalition forces. They could not do it. And so General Jericho Holmes became the hero of the Tolkien War. All right. See, and that's and that's just what in one of the world books. That is in uh, the war, the war on Tolkien, number five or six. But we're not talking like novels here. We're talking game supplements. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a yeah, supplement. Yeah, I like that. Um, where is it? Which because like you said, like said, a crazy amount of world building that they put into these books. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. Expected. That's what I've always loved about Palladium as a yep. whole. See John Tolkien, books one through six. I mean, let's be honest. The game system itself can sometimes, like like Garton was saying about the whole, it's the only game where you, you can fire wild and have it be meaningless. I don't think it's quite meaningless, but I get his point. Or you can have an ogre mage be stronger than pretty much, you know, all the NPCs you put him up against because he has two spells that, uh, was it, was it, was it uh, the goo? Was it goose spell? The glue or glue or whatever it was that Bob kept using? Yeah, it kept some sort of like Guga. adhesive carpet spell. Guga. Yeah, and then 
something else to come over. So no one could move, and then you do something else, and they'd all die because they couldn't move out of it. And yeah, I couldn't find any loophole to where they'd be able to... Yeah, carpet of adhesion. And there's no loophole to get out of it. So that would just... Unless they flew, and they were flying at the time, they were dead. Yeah, I mean, uh, Rifts and uh, and First Edition Earthdawn have have a, have a similar problem. Uh, for for example, taunt. Uh, it is it is way op as a as a power. In first edition Earthdawn, yes. exactly that's what I said. First edition Earthdawn, yeah. Yep. Uh, it's way op, and it has to be house ruled, and uh, carpet of adhesion has to be house ruled as well. Now now rifts rifts has a has a big problem in in the original publication. I don't know about the about the ultimate uh, the the newer book, but uh, uh, in, internally contradicting itself. I thought I read that part of what this book did was to remove some of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know it well enough to know to say it did or didn't, but yeah. For for example, in the original Rifts book, which I have the physical copy of, uh, there there was one section talking about uh, um, SDC, M MDC type stuff, and it, it there's one section that says that there is no amount of, of SDC that will damage an M an MDC structure. And that's how most of the game masters that I played with use the rule. Right. But that's three pages later. It says in multiple books. It says that in the Robotech book and a couple others as well. Yeah. But what it says three pages later is that there are two things, two SDC damages that, that will damage an MDC structure, explosives and missiles. As long as they do over 100 SDC in a single attack, it will be rounded down and converted to MDC. For example, if you if you have uh, like five pounds of C4 and it does 320 SDC damage, you round that down to 300 and it's three MDC damage. I, mean, I absolutely 100% understand that you're quoting it out of the book. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm with Garth on this one. That's the way it was always like, because I started with Robotech as well. You could fire your SDC weapons all you want. It could be Explosion could be anything. It didn't matter. You could be using uh, powers from Heroes Unlimited. Nobody cares. It's not going to hurt mega, mega damage at all. On the flip side, one mega damage turns whatever you are, no matter how many SDC you are, into dust. Right. And uh, see, the, uh, in the original Rift's book, it, it screwed that up as well. There, is, there were portions of the book that, that, that say any amount of mega damage to an SDC structure destroys it. And then there are other parts. This is in uh, in the juicer section because because juicers have hundreds of, of SDC. But it classifies them as the equivalent of a minor mega damage being. Which means uh, they're uh, when 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 they take mega damage. It is uh, it is, tr is tr each mega damage point is changed to 100 SDC and is taken off normally, so they could survive it. Uh, Aaron says, what's that ammo from Cleveland that can make SDC gun MDC damage? Uh, in in this book, in, in, in Rifts, there, there is, actually no, in Chaos Earth, is it, no, no, it's it's Phase World. It's Yeah, it's Phase World, I got it right here. Uh, Naruni Enterprises has a bullet that uh, when you fire it off, it turns it turns into plasma and shoots out the front of the gun and it does, it does uh, MDC damage, but it's, it's, it's a gun. This, this thing is your normal run of the mill gun and the, the bullet uh, cartridge and everything 
because of the of the chemistry of the that that's inside the bullet when 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 the when the primer is struck it just uh changes uh into plasma and uh even the, the there is no shell it's just a, a ball of plasma now and it shoots out the front and it does, it does mega damage I'm trying to find it but i believe it is from naruni enterprises and one of the one of the companies in the three galaxies Oh, there it is. Yep. Uh, NE10 plasma cartridge rifle. It does 1d4 times 10 mega damage per shot, which is a lot. I mean, uh, in in uh, in in riffs uh, the the main book, um, 1d4, 2d4 is your is your standard handgun, and uh, 2d6, 4d6 is your standard rifle. In mega damage, but th these things do one d four times ten. It's crazy. He said he thinks that it's just something that he heard about. Uh, heard about evil and blood. I, uh, I don't. I know nothing about the lore, so I can't. Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't recognize that either. Now, to be clear, like you said, they're like twenty, thirty. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I, one, I got. Have you read them all? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, well, I've read them, like except for Russia, but. You know, some of them twenty years ago. Fair okay, I um, you know what? I, we've actually spent a little over an hour on riffs. I I think we're at a good stopping point. Unless there's more you want to talk about, I mean, I think it's time to hit uh, segment two thing. Or Hawkman had a question on our Discord, but it doesn't look like he's around right now. Maybe unless it's just his icons weird, so we might not get to that. But uh, what do you think? What was his question? It was about um, fudging dice rolls. I told him to come on at the end of segment two or in segment three to jump on the stream, uh, stream and ask the question. Mm -hmm. So, but there will be. I mean, if this is going to interest people, I see no reason why we can't do a, you know, a quick, maybe one shot, two shot history lesson uh, thing. Um, Got to be a little careful about it because, well, today we're both. We're both slow ourselves because of, you know, not feeling well. Um, it's also kind of a slow topic uh, just to go over history, you know. So we'd have to find a way to make that somewhat entertain, uh, entertaining and turn it into some sort of storytelling. But uh, other than that, I don't see why we couldn't do that. But that's up to Heathen Dog. He's he's the smart one on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, throw it in the, in the um, comments or on our Discord uh, if you want to see something. You guys got, got no, go. <laughs> no, we, we don't, we don't got the COVID. Well, slow might. I don't. I don't wow. <laughs> I've been tested. Well, I was tested a long time ago. I might have to go get tested again. I don't know. I've got bronchitis. So, and I, and I know that because I've had it for almost, no, not quite, uh, almost a year now. So it comes and goes. I recognize it. Yeah, he he uh, he's not getting uh, enough antibiotics. He needs a he needs a IV antibiotic IVs for like three weeks to really kill it. Yeah, they don't do that in Germany. Germany, they say rub a little dirt on it, get back out there. So, like, part of me likes that, but the other part of me is like, you know, this is one of those times where I could really use whatever you want to give me and just inject me. Yeah, go home. <laughs> okay, thanks. So well, I appreciate that, Aaron. Thank you very much. Um, 
That's, uh, so are you ready to segment, uh, jump into segment two? I didn't put the banner up first. What are we going to do in segment two? I want to lay down. I, I, no, go lay down then. I'll, I'll have Garth and argue with me. It's okay. Oh, goody. You can lay oh, down I'm and listen. I was, I was told there'd be punch and pie. Well, you're about to punch me and um, not the pie, but hold on. We're actually, Garth, and we're going to talk about what you and I kind of quickly talked about the other day. Um, oh, Heathen Dog did. He's just straight up bailed. <laughs> All right. Um, I got to get that off the screen. I already forgot how. By the way, it's not a thousand bits. It's two thousand bits. I've never changed the YouTube side of stuff. I can't think. Okay. First of all, stop sharing. How about that? Stop. Stop that. Just me and you now, Garthon. Just me and you. So there you go. You can scream it out and scare me. Scream, oh. scream what out? What's well, supposed to scream? Oh, is it delayed for you? That subscribe. Much? <laughs> no, I was just trying to okay. surprise you. Uh, you know what? It kind of worked. I did do a little jump, but you can't see me. So <laughs> I was just about to take it off the screen too. Screen. There we go. Not scream. I don't know. I can't talk. Uh, let me get this up. Unlike Heathen Dog segment, I'm actually going to use my little banner thing. Look at that. Because I completely forgot what this. All right, so what are we going to talk about beautiful. today? We're going to... What's that? I said beautiful. And I'm not going to rant as much as you might think. And the reason I'm not going to rant that much, one is because I'd probably give myself a headache right now. Oh, that's what it is. I bet you the Advil finally kicked in. Uh, that's why the headaches kind of got away. Anyway, um... But also, my take on this has been given a couple of times in the past, and I just, what I want to follow up with more is just to show that they're still moving forward with this craziness. Um, share screen. So, oh, by the way, before I do this, before I do this, I almost forgot. In segment two, I have to do the disclaimer. You haven't read the disclaimer in, like, forever. Do you want to read it, or you want me to? Sure. Let me, uh, just a second. Gotta get my glasses. It's a small screen. Disclaimer. All comments on this stream belong to the individual com commenter. Ah, commenter. That's a commenter. All comments on the stream belong to the individual commenter and do not represent the Legion of Myth organization. Hyperbole, satire, stereotypes, and generalizations are often and intentionally used for simplicity and or effect. He, him, and his have long been considered neuter pronouns not meant to exclude any gender this content is not meant for children under the age of 13. viewer discretion is advised yes all right let me get that off the screen and that disclaimer as everybody in legion of myth knows is pretty much for me <laughs> but since uh since we're not family friendly anymore i can say what i want uh okay let me yes. get this up on, on the screen here and it will cleanse any sense of innuendo or sarcasm. We are free now. Now, I had to write a big, long tweet thingy in terms of, like, do you not understand, you know, mockery is not hate, satire is not hate? Just because I mock you doesn't mean I hate you. I don't enjoy something. I don't care enough about you to hate you. <laughs> All right, so what we're going to talk about is, uh, so it looks like D&D is excising race as a descriptor for species. Now, we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah, this is from this horrible, god-awful piece of shit. I hope they all go play in traffic website. Seriously, everybody associated with this website, just, just go play in traffic. Which website are we talking about? I am not going to say it. It's on the screen. Uh, okay. I'm already right. going to it instead of using the Wayback Machine like I should. 
But uh, yeah, right, surprisingly, so... with that view. <laughs> one view, right? That one view. That's why I don't worry about it too much. But uh, so Jeremy Crawford, I forget. Did you see the guy taking over that took over for D and D Fifth Edition? I don't, uh, I don't remember. It's from the Mary Sue. It's almost as bad as the Mary Sue. Um, I, I can't remember his place. I don't follow D&D 5th Edition or Pathfinder because I can't stand him. But Jeremy Crawford says the not yet announced product below still hasn't been announced. I'm excited for it. Gooch the Goblin Lore Master. Lore Master. There we go. Is this product mentioned here? Icewind Dale or some other blah, blah, blah. It says later this year, we will release a product not yet announced that offers a way for players to customize their character's origin. First of all, let me correct your English here. It's customize your character's origins. Because there only goes with a plural. That is a pronoun. Oh my god. <laughs> pronoun antecedent agreement. Or your virtue signal. So, for a player, would not be there. For players, that's the way proper English would be. That offers a way for players to customize their characters' origins. So, learn some fucking English and stop virtue signaling. Or again, go fucking play in traffic. I hate you people. You're supposed to be professionals. Act it. Including the option to change the ability score increases that come from being an elf, a dwarf, or one of D&D's many other playable folk. Now, what does that, what does that say to you, Garthon? What I just said right there. Uh, it says he's trying to avoid the word race. Okay, what about the part where it says, uh, okay, including the option to change the ability score increases that come from being an elf, a dwarf, or one of D&D's many other playable folk. Sounds like they're trying to F up the system the way they do every edition with uh new race books but they're going to call it a race book. well they might call it a race book uh because even they, they previous might. editions had different ways of building your characters uh i'm trying to remember what the name of the some of these books are kind of infamous can't remember their names off the top of my head but basically they'd have different ways to let to make your character instead of using a well, standard yeah, well in this uh, one what they're what they're uh, gonna do we talked about it a, a couple episodes ago maybe three four episodes ago where they're, what they're going to do is they're going to let the player pick. So you could play an elf with a bonus to strength, a dwarf with a bonus to charisma, uh, you know, however you want to do it. That's, right. that's going to be... And, and every, just about every edition, at least since second, they've had a book like that. Uh, i trying to remember what it's called, like Character Builder book or Powers and Arms. Well, so in third edition, it, uh, based... I'm, I'm not... It was the Hero Builder book. Yeah, and it always destroys the game. Always. I like hearing that. I'm going to start playing it OSR. Does. Because every time they do one of these stupid things, everyone just goes, well, I'm just going to make the most powerful build I can. Not everyone. Some people say, oh, I could finally play my, my bodybuilder gnome who everyone rejected as a child and has psychic powers but can only speak with flowers on Tuesdays. Finally! Uh, you're going to have those people. Uh, but you're up. The most people are going to go, sweet, how can I pay? What can I do with this book to gain more power? Okay, I will use all these abilities for all these different races, combine them together, and now I'm basically invulnerable and reroll anytime I miss. And that's what okay. always happens. There we and And I like to just stay, Garthon's not wrong, and I'm not contradicting him. Just the way my mind works is I always like to stay with, you know, where the origins are of these races, uh, these classes, these, you know, et cetera. And I will say it, and I will say it till the day I die. 
these races, which I actually prefer the term species. I have for a long time, long before it was even put in here, but I, I prefer the term species because it helps me identify it better as not being human. When I think of races, I think of ethnicities like in the real world. So I like to use species. Elves are not the same species as humans. Elves, elves and dwarves, can't talk. Elves and dwarves are just as similar as cats and dogs. They act differently. They look differently. Their mannerisms are different. When a cat's wagging its tail or flapping its tail, it means a whole different thing than when a dog's flapping its tail, for example. So that's the way it is with dwarves and elves as well. They are the embodiment of stereotype tropes, not some sort of real-world racial trope, not some sort of, uh, you know, real-world anything trope. It's based on partially folklore, partially Tolkien, because it is D&D, tropes. And yes, they are stereotypes. The term that's coined now because, you know, it sounds more scientific is uh, biological essentialism. Absolutely. All races in the game, including humans, and I can talk about that as well, absolutely must conform to biological essentialism. Or you're not playing them right. And I'll t- you're not creating the game right. Uh, now, outside of D&D, I don't argue this so much because how you make your game is your business. But Dungeons & Dragons, whether you're 5th edition, 3rd edition, or 1st edition, all has the same core. When you change that core, it's not the same game, so go fuck you for ruining my hobby. Um, what, uh, for monsters, gonna start playing OSR, <laughs> that sounds fun. Second didn't really have that. Second had, um, did have the, the Humanoids Handbook, and I did use it on occasion, but those Humanoids were never treated like normal people. If you went anywhere, you were attacked, or you were right. definitely looked down upon. If the if the like the farmland didn't think they could attack you, you know, get get out of my city. You've you've, cur- you've cursed our village, you know, stuff like that. Um, so you could st- right. I'd and, still and second allow it. Did have various fighters' handbooks, thieves' handbooks, bards' handbooks, blah blah blah. Yes, blah. right. And the only one that I thought that screwed the pooch was the fighters' handbook. I thought that yeah, one with the tight groups really and, powerful. Yeah. Well, Bard's um, handbook has got made Bard's surprisingly combat centric. Well, I guess not surprising, but very combat centric and pretty tough. Jonas Lamb that, says exactly. I you know I'm not looking. Sorry, I'm not looking at the chat on the other thing here. So put here we go. We'll put that up on the screen. Exactly. I hate the term race, but loathe virtue signaling more. Uh, you know, I only use the term race because I grew up with it, and I've been playing D and D for well, I'm 47, so 30 some years. That's the, that's uh, the, just the term that's been in the book, you know, since the beginning. Right. But I think of them as species. Uh, here we go. Kids want to play without being forced to play exactly by the rules. That's one of the things that I loved about Earth Dawn so much. The disciplines made no joke about how you will play the class. Or discipline. That's true. I, and, and if that's you don't, why, penalties. Right. That's why I made a video series on it until I found out that 4th edition went all virtue signal. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm not going to quote everybody saying here but what i am reading in chat mostly uh, are, do you have chat up at all no no i can't see okay it. okay i wish i could but i can't gotcha um this option emphasizes that each person in the game is an individual with capabilities all their own again not an individual with the word there they if you want to use proper english and i'm going to teach apparently i have to teach some people pronoun antecedent agreement rules this option emphasizes that people in the game are individuals with capabilities all their own. There you go. God, I fucking so hate nothing matters. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's what it says. Nothing matters. Yep. Um, I noticed the word race isn't used. Is Watsi looking to exchange the word with another, perhaps more accurate word? I feel species captures what it really is better, but it feels too sciencey. 
I actually like the term. Sp Oops, I clicked on shit. I didn't mean to do that. <gasps> Go back. Use uh, the bad word. I I I like the word species, and I don't care yeah. that it's sciencey. They are different. They're, they're, again, d elves are cats, dwarves are dogs. Or flip it around. I don't care. The, the the point that I'm making is they're different species altogether. Twitch stream last night of people larping with cosplay skits because they couldn't attend a con and call the D and D. Uh, oh no, Aaron. Oh god, I just made my head hurt by screaming. Um, he he put the okay hand gesture in there. Oh geez, we're all going. We're all racist now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, special. I'm special and unique, just like everyone else. You remember when we used to say that about emo kids back in the day, or oh, yeah. goths, or whatever it was in your area? We used to say that. You don't understand me. I'm so my own individual. I wear black and white makeup, just like everybody else around me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anyway. So elves are not life, more dexterous, and generally higher IQ than regular human. Just humans with pointed yes, and that's one of the things that second edition, more so than first edition, but second edition really did a good job of. Look, we can say whatever we want about the ladies whose name shall not be named who stole Dungeons and Dragons from Gygax, but she one was of bad. the things that what's that? She was a bad person, and oh, a bad she human was. Being. Yes, absolutely. But. It says in here, uh, you know, it said, do not make your race just humans with a cosmetic change. And that's all they're doing. That's what they've done. I personally feel they've done it since third edition. But, you know, some people argue with me on that one. Fine. But they're definitely doing it in... Hey, cat. Buddy. Um, they're definitely doing it in fifth edition now. Because everybody wants to play uh, Fate Core. I don't know why, but everybody wants the goddamn game to be Fate Core. And if anybody knows what Fate Core is, well... Whatever. Um, I don't, I don't bother. Uh, you told me what it was once, and I was like, oh, that sounds awful. It's basically a statless system where you use background story tropes to determine what your roles are going to be. Uh, Flint Dill's granddaughter. You know, Flint Dill is a great writer for uh, Transformers. I hope it's the same one. But I know he was a writer for Transformers. I'm a Gen 1 Transformers fan, so when I see that. Uh, I see uh, YouTube chat is kind of. Here. I'm a nonconformist just like everyone else. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, Flint Dill's granddaughter. If I hope that's the same Flint Dill from uh from uh from uh, Transformers writer. I, I thought and thought Buck Rogers was God's greatest gift to me. Hey, Buck Rogers was pretty cool. I like Which version of Buck Rogers? The the seventies TV show. I like that. I I didn't read enough of the comics, and I know there are a bunch of errors of him from the like the twenties to the forties or whatever it was. I, I I do know that. I didn't read them. Uh, my neighbor had a big book of Buck Rogers comics, uh, like like a, a, an encyclopedia of Buck Rogers comics. I started reading it, but I was like thirteen, fourteen years old, and I never got through. It and I gave it back to him. I really wish I could find a copy of that now, but so um okay. Anyway, I, I found the chat. I found how to see chat. All right. Uh, are you watching uh, which chat, YouTube or, or Twitch? Uh, whatever <laughs> one that Ravenslayer is commenting on. Okay, that's Twitch. All right. Then. Okay, so uh, are you are you reading it through Streamyard or are you reading it through yes. Twitch itself? Oh, I'm if you see Streamyard, Streamyard, you see the icon where it shows the little YouTube icon or the. Uh, oh yeah, I see Twitch. YouTube and Twitch icons. All right, I perfect. See. It is a little delayed there, but thank you. That that's going to help me while I'm reading these comments. Hey, at least. So Panzer Kraken says, this is exactly what everyone is asking for. We won, fam. You won yeah, what? Pretty much. 
you 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 won what stupid games you win stupid prizes so yeah yeah species doesn't feel like the right word choice origin or background would probably work better if they need something like that okay well hold on a second origin is more about family background is more about your background and kind of like family where you came from i could see that maybe coalescing out into um uh, ethnicity but remember that, that depends on the game world uh, fair enough yeah but we're just talking D D now dwarves and elves are literally different species I cannot explain it any other way. I have a video on this. It's a poor quality video, but I have a video on this that talks about what would happen if an orc decided to go good. It would be killed, most likely. The humans aren't going to accept it. The, the orcs certainly aren't going to be okay with that. <laughs> and it would be considered an anomaly. And in a culture like an orc, which is all about strength, you're either going to be beaten down and turned into a, you know, a, a same-race slave or a same-species slave, or you're just going to be killed and you know, get rid of the chaff. There are ways to do it, but it can't be like I love flowers and hugging everyone. Um, right. In, in and example, I do talk about I that in the ran, video too. In example, I ran a campaign where there was an orc warlord who became warlord because he had the idea of like, hey, all these people keep like raiding dungeons, getting magic stuff, and beating up our villages. Why don't we raid the dungeon, get the magic stuff, and make our own damn village? And then our own dang castle. And then we can beat the crap out of them. And then they have you know what's funny? What? <laughs> Is there's a, um, that's kind of how Forbidden Lands orcs work. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. So basically, my, I had this campaign called the Warlord Gek, and that's what he did. And so all the other orc clans who tried to go up against it, well, they got their butts kicked because he had all the magic weapons. And he formed his own orc nation. After he died, it fell apart. But that was actually for like the campaign he started up in. He was an interesting character. The second campaign, he was a major figure. He had his own nation state. People had to deal with him. He, but he was good in that he believed in a strict code of laws. He believed in the equal application of justice. He believed, you know, he was lawful, neutral to lawful evil. I as had him work? officially as, yes. Huh. Because he had ideas. He was a big thinker. You can say, well, orcs are chaotic. Generally, yes. But he wasn't good. Well, orcs are expansionists. Actually... They're, they're, right. they're, they're biologically imbued with, they have to right. expand. Right. And that was part of his thing, too. He was he was very much Genghis Khan, but not Mongol oh, in any way. Oh, crap. Here yes, you go. Now that's it. the yeah. other story. Jesus, don't yeah. you know that that's what they're saying? That now you're a racist. Oh, oh yeah, I'm a racist now. But he was an interesting <laughs> figure. Uh, the party actually kind of liked him because he was a stabilizing force. But after he died of old age, because orcs don't live very long, his empire just immediately crushed itself, and that was that. Because all of his generals or progeny immediately divided the, his <laughs> empire up, and it all fell into chaos. And that's when all the elves and dwarves whose lands he had taken kind of said, oh, I see Gex gone, and they kicked, kicked the orcs' butt back into the mountains. So real that. quickly to Jonas Lamb here, I tried to find that tweet. <laughs> I, I did. I tried to find that tweet. We talked about it a little bit last week, though. Uh, did you hear the story about the, I think it was a uh, girl that uh, was running a D&D campaign for like two years, and she had her first character die in the campaign, and she doesn't wow. know how to handle it. And she didn't know how to handle it. That's, they die. That happens. I'm not right. saying characters should die every week, but 
Character death should always if all right, that just says character should death should always be a possibility. A real, yeah, that was every combat it should be a possibility. Otherwise, what well, what is the risk not reward? Every combat. I mean, if your party is smart, they're not gonna jump into suicidal fights, but if a if they're waylaid by highwaymen, the highwaymen better think they could win that fight. They're like, oh, there's six of them. They're all covered in magic armor and items. Oh, look, that guy's sword's glowing. Don't worry, we got knives. Right, we got knives. Let's get them. There's four of us. No, no, they're not going to do that. What they're... are we? Mug us. <laughs> that's right. Let's mug them. Right, that's not what's going to happen. They're... <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, exactly. Viva... I love that bit. Viva, okay, yeah. Viva, Viva uh, for Lidurk. everybody else. Uh... Everybody else out there, yeah. Viva La Dirt League. <laughs> and what do we do? Mug people. So, rush muggle. Right. So, uh, but essentially, even the monsters want to live. They're not going to get into a fight. They can't win. Even a starving animal will not get into a fight. It cannot win. You know, I might be starving today, but in an hour, I might find a fight I could win. And eat. I'm not going to go to unless they're crazed or rabid or something. They're not going to attack a fully armed, an armored party who's looking for a fight. You know. My, my thing so, is really like with with orcs or goblins or really any of the monster races. Yes, they are monsters. Get over it. They are monsters. Yes, is that are. is that uh, even if you do have the one? We'll use your your an example of one that uh, you know has has ideas. Right, most of the time, you're, you're, the ideas are going to get beaten out of him real fast. Well, right, going to get beaten out of him. I mean, that's why there are books about people like Drizzt because he's the anomaly. Right. He's the he's one the that got away. He isn't the one that's just another guy, you know, adventuring with, with elves and dwarves and, and goblins, oh my. Um, he was the absolute anomaly. So, you know, a story was written about that. Uh, as far as the orc goes, you know, even if, let's say, because you're an orc, and because you're tagging along with some people that look like they're dressed in, you know, ritzy gear, shiny armor, you know, decent horses, pulling a wagon with some supplies out and so forth, maybe a small town farmer isn't going to do something to try to stop you, but they're certainly going to close their doors to you at best and maybe just yep. tell you to move along, move along at worst. Now, in, and I know this is one areas where I think Gartha and I are going to disagree some based on the conversation we had the other day, but... Uh, in, in a larger city, something like a, a, a port town or whatever, at least on my worlds, this is why I don't do Forgotten Realms, by the way, is because Forgotten Realms is way too homogenized for me. Um, that character's probably going to get killed because there's going to be somebody there powerful enough to get rid of it. Unless, again, you're just going through. The food is going to be given to the player, to the, let's just say the paladin, uh, you know, just say there's a paladin in the group. Paladin's going to have to buy the food and then take the food outside to the stables where the orc is hiding in shadows, you know, next to the horses. Hey, I kind of know an orc who used to do that. <laughs> well, yes. But yours was intentionally, and it was a different game. But my, my right. point being, uh, it's an orc inherently evil. Adage about paladins killing all orcs because they're intrinsically evil. Well, a paladin that just kills everything isn't a paladin. That's a cavalier. But that, that's a whole different uh, conversation. Paladins... Even cavaliers aren't supposed to be doing that. Well, they are the asshole ones, but yeah, I, they I, are. I but by first edition standards, where the cavaliers are choose, a cavalier is always supposed to be looking for a worthy fight. Slaughtering orcs is not a worthy fight. It, it should be below their noble station to be screwing with some stupid orcs. 
And and paladins are supposed to teach by example, not just chop they off the hands indeed. of every thief. That anyway, um, okay. We we've talked about this a lot on, on a bunch of different episodes. You can check out the the segment twos of some other previous episodes. And and I really do fear of just going down the same rabbit hole every time. The reason I showed you that is I just wanted to show you that they're still going ahead with this garbage. There are people you saw that crap that I that that was on the screen there. I couldn't leave it on the screen because God forbid somebody might have read it. Um, but like they should do what Pathfinder 2E did with their character creation, ancestry, background, class. Well, ancestry could technically maybe work as far as the race goes, but I still don't think that it's strong enough in terms of uh, understanding this is a completely different species. Dwarves and elves should not be interbreeding. Oh, by the way, that's going to be a book that comes out too. How to roleplay a character who is raised by a halfling mom and a, uh, what did he say? Halfling mom and not goblin. Oh, a gnome dad. Yeah, that's, no, no. These are different species. It doesn't happen. No ligers and tigons. Anyway, um, here's the other thing I wanted to talk about. And again, this one might surprise you a little bit as to my thoughts on it. Then again, anybody who knows me, it might not surprise too much. We're going to talk about an item that you can put in your D&D 5th edition game. D&D gets a combat wheelchair. Yes, it's a little bit older, but I just heard about it this week. Species by any name. If it walks like a duck, looks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. There you go, Baldahar. Let's put that on the screen. Um, <laughs> who's your daddy? Who's your nomi? Ouch, don't make my head hurt. So, in what may become a profit article, could Legend Lore's Return show us the future of D&D? Geek Native talked to the same game designer, Steffi Devon, about many things and a combat wheelchair. It's Legend Lore that provides the illustration for this blog post. How often do you see wheelchairs in fantasy RPGs? Not often. This disabled blogger once tried to commission a series of illustrations of disabled heroes and the project fell apart as a succession of artists struggled to make it work. Now, Sarah Thompson, writer for R. Telsorian Games, that's interesting, cyberpunk, huh? On Twitter, specialized in disability and chronic illness representation, has gone one step forward and created stats and rules for a combat wheelchair. Real quickly, um, kind of backtracking to the Palladium thing, one of the things that Palladium gets beat up hard by SJWs on is their kind of, I don't want to say funny, it's not funny, but they're lackadaisic take on mental illness like if you play a crazy in the game you're you're especially with riffs you're rolling up a mental illness almost every level if you take a lot of trauma you can get a mental illness and so forth um but th they got blasted for how they treat it in that game and i'm like it's always worked for me so i don't know what your problems are starting with the note that anyone can be an adventurer the dnd designed combat wheelchair grants the user with proficiency with land vehicles and tinkers tools the chair itself is actually presented as eight pieces of equipment including gloves tough terrain types i'm sorry tough terrain tires really with an r would be british and seatbelts but mattel's going away with netflix she-ra yeah well yeah that is true that the, the whole she-ra debacle that's done so we lose garthon oh garth i didn't know that you were gone i'm sorry Am I back in? Yes, you are. I'm sorry. I didn't see that you had left. Right. No, it, it, for some reason, it kind of like lost me for some reason. Yeah, normally I get like a little pook when you leave, but right. I may have been talking. So, so let me get through this because I know you have a thought on this because we talked about it. Um, 
But uh, the combat wheelchair is a high magic one with a sensory stone in each armrest so that the user can guide it by touch, rather than always use the wheel rims. Player and the DM should, of course, discuss in advance what sort of game they want to play, and a session zero to set the tone is a common recommendation. It might be that you don't feel as if a combat wheelchair is a good fit for the game you hope to run. There's no suggestion that it become compulsory. It might also be that many talented players prefer inclusive, flexible, and friendly gaming sessions and love the idea of the chair. Chairs contest freely available on this Google Drive account with plain text option on it. And, and it goes into, oops, I can't do that. It goes into what the chair is. And you can look at it, you can go find it, you can do a quick search on it and get it on your own. But I wanted to talk about this. I'm going to let Garthon go first, or unless you want me to. No, I would, my opinion is this is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, bec uh, there's a number of reasons for that. One, uh, on a meta level, I, in high school, I played D&D &D and other games with a girl who was in a wheelchair. A great player, lots of fun, I miss her. Uh, kind of lost contact when she went to college and I joined the Air Force. Uh, but never in any of her characters was she like, well, I want to be in a wheelchair like I am in real life. No, that was never it. Never. Like, you don't see short people who, or little people who are like, oh, I'm going to play a dwarf because I love being short. No, no one ever does that. You know? It's ridiculous. People play these games for escapism, for power fantasy. For They don't do it to say, well, I want to be exactly as I am in real life in this fantasy world. Except I am sexier and have pointy ears. Well, maybe people do that. But, so it's ridiculous that it's inclusive to have a wheelchair that's magic and they can use in combat. Two, the most ridiculous thing is that if you're in a world that is capable of the level of magic to make a magical combat wheelchair, they wouldn't just heal the person who has a problem. Well, they or, said high magic, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a high magic world. Why not just give them magic freaking legs? Why not just cast a spell to fix their spine or missing legs or whatever issue they have? That doesn't make any sense. Someone who's in that world it's their first thing is going to be, oh, wow, you're stuck in a wheelchair. Let's give you a magic tank wheelchair. They're going to say, oh, well, let's fix your legs. So you're like everyone else. They're not going to think, well, let's keep you in that chair, but with fire. You know, so it's a stupid on every level. Ugh. It's kind of interesting. That, uh, you, to me, it's interesting your take because I'm usually the one that rants about stuff like this. And, I, and I'm going to tell you that for me, I don't care. I, it wouldn't. It, it wouldn't it be in my game because it makes no sense. No, no. I, no I, I'm not. I'm not taking any sort of high ground on you or anything like that. I'm just saying personally, for me. Yes, you are. I don't care. It would not be in my game because I like my games to be gritty. I also like magic to be a little bit lower tone. It just. Oh, it says. Razor says it allows her to get out of the chair in game. Then why have it? If you don't need it, why have it? Might as well say every king is on a magic throne that floats around and shoots lightning. I mean, there was a 3.5 stuff for grafting gold across your body. That's true. That's true. I remember that. The uh, Sarah's so, Armfield had a magical arm when he lost his arm. And that was in 84. Yeah, that's fine. They added him an arm. They did not make him a magical hammering device that he carried with him and was voice activated. 
Well, look at these abilities. Tire Strike, Reach 5-Foot Range, Strength Dex, uh, strength dex Modifier plus Proficiency, Damage 1d6 plus Strength slash Dex, Bludgeoning, Ram by moving 10 feet in a straight line. The problem that I have with this is, first of all, anybody that I've gamed with, I've never, to this day, I've never gamed with a single person. I've gamed with left-wingers, right-wingers, up-wingers, down-wingers. I've progressives... Homosexuals. Uh, I don't think I've gamed directly with a transgender, at least not at the time. She wasn't a Lily transgender. Brett. Uh, no, 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 I have I was making a joke. Oh, okay. I I, I gamed with her, but I think but it was before a transition. Um, but I but I've gamed with uh, with all types of people. I've never once had anybody say I want to feel represented by this character. It's always I want to play something that's not me. I want to escape this world that I'm in. In real life. I'm bullied, so I want to play somebody who's strong. In real life, I I like to think of myself as intelligent, but you know what? I I, I can't. I don't have encyclopedias available to me uh, constantly, so I want to play a wizard. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to put stuff out there. I, I never, never ever saw that. Well, let's see. Who am I, and what are my deficiencies, and that's what I want to be. I right. mean, I have role played myself, but like, okay, let's use me. You guys know that I have the Where's Waldo glasses. Like I take these things, uh, I put these things on, and you know, I bend space time with the way light, you know, photons travel around my head with how thick they yeah, are. You, you start I, doing the Velma if your glasses fall off. <laughs> I know, right? And uh, oh, she just made me laugh. I'm gonna cough. Got to get on the floor. Oh, there we go. That was a quick cough. Thank God. But uh, anyway, I've never wanted to play a character. Can I play a character that is that is damn near blind? Like, like I, I, I don't do that. I want to play a character who is heroic. I, I do believe in the off the farm games. Anybody who's watched past episodes know that I don't like heroic games. I like off the farm. I like zero to hero, not hero to superhero, which is one of my big complaints about fifth edition D and D. Is it feels more like hero to superhero and less about zero to hero. I don't want to play somebody who. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how to. Exp What's that? Well. And this, they would just say, "Well, here's your pair of magic glasses," and they yeah, also right? shoot eye beams. No, no Ghost of Talonor said, or, "I'm sorry, I just said that name totally wrong." Talonor, fine fighting feet. Uh, yeah, there you go. I would need it. I don't think they have that anymore. Actually, I'm pretty sure they don't. No. Well, I, I don't do feats. I do uh, non-weapon proficiencies, and it exists there. So <laughs> they took out most of the feats in Fifth Edition and said, "Well, no one uses them." And I'm thinking. I only use feats. I was going to say, yeah, when I played 3rd edition, one of the things I hate about it were all the feats because I thought well, some of the feats were damn near magical. In 5th, it's when you level, you can get a uh, stat boost or a feat. And they said no one uses feats. And I was like, asked everyone who I play with, do you use stat boost or feats? And they're, they're like, normally feats. Like, yeah, me too. But I guess the kids all just want to raise their stats. Huh, Whatever. Huh? I mean, I, I don't know the rules of 5th edition well enough to... Uh... Yeah, there's a lot, less, a lot, lot, lot less feats in 5th. But, but here, here are my yeah. thoughts before I take this off the screen and then, then we can talk a little more about this. But my, my, my real thought is, like, I don't care that it's here. I, I like the fact that, you know, and to me, one of the things I want to say is this is a well-written article in certain ways. Maybe maybe these crazy weirdos on the, on the left are actually starting to uh, to wake up to how you should say things. Right here, it might be that you don't feel as if a combat wheelchair is a good fit for the game you hope to run. 
There's no suggestion that it becomes compulsory. There you go. Boom. That's reasonable. It's, you want, here, it's, here's an idea if you want to use it. Right. That's fine. And That's I, good. I'm, I'm for totally that. for that. But the yes. other changes that they're making to the game that they put Drow in the player's handbook, they put Which demon characters in the player's handbook. Um, yeah. You know, they're they're changing the names of races. They're, they're now telling you that orcs can have high intelligences and and um, was it elves can have high cons and so on and so forth. Oh yeah, no one gets stat penalties anymore. There's no penalties to make a character. Yeah, well, people well, they're gonna have bonuses and minuses, but you get to place them where you want. No, no. When you make a character in 5th edition, there's no stat penalties. Oh, really? There's, there's no, no minus? No, there's no plus one intelligence, plus one con. It's just plus two intelligence. Oh. Okay, well, Hum yeah, again, I, I, I've made a character like for 5th edition, but I, I, I vaguely remember it. Yeah, um, there are no minuses, because people okay. don't have minuses. Bullshit. <laughs> I know, but yeah, that's like the mentality. So yeah, I, 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 you know, I, if they were if they were to do more things like that, if they would have stayed with the base game, and when I mean base game, I'm talking first or second edition D and D. Look, I don't like half elves and half orcs either. And yes, half orcs were in first edition. I get it. Um, they're also considered they, freaks and monsters. Yeah. If uh, you know, if um, and at least half the half uh, dwarves, the mules in Dark Sun, they were sterile. That's not something you're supposed to breed. Right. You actually, know? all the half races in the game that I'm making, well, first of all, the chances of conception actually leading to a, a, a birth is a 1%, unpercentile die. And if it does, uh, you're 100% sterile. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? uh, that's why I don't play D&D after AD&D. There's just no D&D after AD&D. Yeah, and, you know, I get it. The game's got to move on. There can be a lot of arguments made over the fact that, you know, Thacko is dumb for this reason or that reason. That's the easiest one. I, I use Thacko because it's the easiest Well, that, one. Well, that's the low-hanging fruit that every, every argument is made about. Right, but but I, I get it. I get that rolling higher is easier for new people. I get it that rolling, you know, or all rolls you want higher. So no matter what, you right. want to roll higher. Plus, right. let, let's be honest. One of the things you can do with a game that always goes higher is you can keep adding to it. It was really difficult for a high-level character, even with an armor class of negative 10, you know, because there weren't armor but, class negative uh, 20s, you know. Uh, in third edition and 3.5, the numbers did go up pretty much infinitely. Um, but... Fifth is actually made with what they call bounded accuracy, so there is actually a maximum. Oh, okay. Built built into the game. I'm not saying that there's not some third party or indie supplement that'll break it, but with the official supplements, they they've been really good. I think about holding to it. Like essentially, you can't have better than a 21 AC. Yes, there are ways to do it temporarily, and yes, there are ways with third party stuff, but by the main books, you cannot do it. Uh, I, I can't show you because I don't have my camera on, but uh, to Shadzer's comment here in the follow-up one that he typed, I agree with you. In fact, my 5th edition D&D book, it doesn't say 5th edition AD&D on it. I took a black marker and I defaced it. Call it petty if you want. I don't care. It's my book. I paid for it. I was stupid. Um, it says uh, Wizards, of the Coast, ah, Wizards of the Coast RPG version 3. Yeah, That's I, what it says. Now, I have a lot of issues with 5th that I don't think it should have been called D&D. &D. But it is, so that's why. Well, good news uh, for me is even though you can't see it on the screen, because again, I'm not showing the camera, when, when I am on the screen, you guys see my bookshelves of games. I don't have to play D&D. &D. 
I can right. play any other game. The reason, so, oh, 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 oh I want to respond to a, a comment. So somebody, did you, did you read that link that I sent you, Carthon? About the guy who called me a hypocrite? Yeah, yeah. Basically, His comments didn't make any sense, but yeah. Yeah, basically he's saying I'm a hypocrite because I was bitching about people bitching about stuff. I'm like, well, so I didn't respond back. I was, you know what? No, that's just Have dumb. your, have your little just... thing. But, but to respond to anybody out there who wants to say I'm hypocritical because I'm bitching about stuff, you know, changes and so forth. I didn't go into your hobby and change it. I didn't go into your hobby and uh, try to ruin it. Because you can't create. You've decided that you have to destroy the hobby that I enjoy. You've done it with comic books. You've done it with... Uh, you're doing it with anime. You've certainly done it with tabletop games. I never once went to your hobby. If, In fact, if you'd ever say, I want this in a game, you know what I would have said? Make it. Don't ruin my fucking hobby. That's why I, I'm not a hypocrite for bitching about you trying to change my hobby. I would be a hypocrite if I said, uh, not only am I going to bitch about it, but I don't want you to ever do anything with this. Go away. No, you, you deserve your outlet. You deserve your book. And if it sells well, let it sell well. But you, you don't get to do that with the Dungeons & Dragons name, even though for me it's already been done for three editions, third, fourth, and fifth. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'm <laughs> starting to feel sick again, but... They can retire D and D. They didn't put D and D. Yeah, yeah. You know, what? I would actually probably have been a fan of third edition if it wasn't called Dungeons and Dragons. I mean that seriously. I probably would have been like, oh, that's kind of a neat role playing game, and I probably would have bought some of the books. But because it had the D and D name on it, third, fourth, and fifth edition. Nope. I bought fourth only because I had hoped that with fourth that uh, they brought the game back to its roots. I, so I bought oh, the original box happen. set. Yeah, right. The original three books that came out in that little box set. I didn't buy fifth edition books until just before Corona hit. And I did that because the game that I was in transitioned to fifth edition and I kind of had to. That game's been out for five years and I only own Xanthar's and the Player's Handbook. Because the character I wanted to play required both those books. And again... Mine don't say Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition on it. It says Wizards of the Coast 3rd edition because it's the only way I can tolerate it. Uh, protect Anime Mega and TTRPGs. Yes, uh, well, anime has been interesting right now. and This is a TTRPG channel, so I don't want to get too deep down that rabbit hole, but it's been kind of interesting to watch the back and forth between Japan capitulating, then Japan telling America to fuck off, then Japan capitulating, then Japan telling America to fuck off. I don't know where it's going to ultimately go, but... Every time Japan says fuck off, Steam bans games, Funimation, and Crunchyroll remove anime. Then, then Japan starts to capitulate, and then you know people don't like the anime anymore. Then you see, you see this circle here, so I'm interested to see how that goes. I'm not an anime fan. Garthon's more of an anime fan than me. And I don't even think you're a hardcore anime fan, if I remember correctly. Not nearly as much as I was. I mean, it, you know, uh, Heathen Dog's definitely more than I am. Shares right. probably more than him. Possibly. Yep. So, uh, but my wife being Japanese and she watches a lot of anime, not the same type that you that we would watch here. In fact, she thinks American anime is much different than uh, Japanese anime. In, in, and I don't mean like cartoons versus anime. I mean like what Americans watch versus what Japanese people watch. Throwing stuff around again. Are you no, beating I'm your not. dog? 
I don't have a dog. Uh, I don't know what you heard. I don't think it's quiet here. Uh, oh, it sounds like papers being thrown around or something. I I do know that my battery is at two percent. So uh, oh no. Well, everybody, thank Garthon for being here. <laughs> yeah, I was told there's going to be less. Than... Yes, like I said, I was called up. I hear the dog and say, "Hey, we need you." I'm like I can't do this for long. It's like it's going to be short, like an hour. Like I guess I could do that. So. Well, we were both sick, and I didn't think he was actually going to stay. So, but no, everybody, thank Garthon for being here. I am going to do the the segment three thing. Uh, but uh, since Garthon's phone's going to die, you can hang out until your phone dies, or you can head out. Because here's a question for you, Garthon: Do you right. fudge dice rolls in a, a in a tabletop role playing game? And is it ever okay to fudge dice rolls, or should you never fudge dice rolls? This question was for Mar uh, Hawkman on that, our Discord. It all depends if I'm DMing or playing. If I'm a player, I don't fudge my rules because suck it. That's life. If mm -hmm. I am the game master, I will fudge rules if I have screwed up and set up an encounter that the party just can't win. I'll say, all right, well, maybe he didn't roll that 20 and wipe you out, you know. Or if I'm getting steamrolled by bad rolls, I will say, no, he actually did not roll below a five for the seventh time in a row. No, he rolled a 17 <laughs> and hit you. You know, yeah. So yeah, I fudge rolls as game master, uh, not as a player, and I will use the almighty words of Gygax to justify it, in which he said, which I don't totally agree with this, but what he said is, uh, dungeon master only rolls a dice because he lost to hear the sound. Okay. All right. With that, yeah, my phone is plugged in. So thanks for that comment. Thank you for your tips. Um, it is plugged in. <laughs> But my battery's dying fast. So uh, have a good one, everyone. Yep. Thank, thanks again, man. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Have fun. Don't, don't, don't injure yourself. I'm only talking. So that means I will. <laughs> All right, later. So uh, for, from my perspective, I basically agree with what he said. Now, for, for me, I do a little bit less fudging of dice rolls and more fudging of stats. And let me give you a couple examples. In fact, if Garthon could have hung on, he would have probably remembered this one. I was doing an Earthdawn game 20-some years ago, and it was a build-up, and I can't remember. It was a module. I would bounce between doing a module, then a homebrew, then a module, then a couple homebrews, then a module, you know, something like that. And I uh, I got them to a point where they they did all the exploration, they did all the the, you know, getting the sides together, basically all the stuff that you do over the course of multiple adventures, to prepare to fight a horror. Think of it as a demon. Horrors in uh, Earthdawn are, are, are demons. And I don't take horrors lightly in uh, Earthdawn. In fact, I had them fight very few of them because I didn't want it to be Monster of the Week with horrors. Undead, horror constructs, other, you know, elementals, things like that. Yeah, but horrors themselves, that's, that's the, those are the big bad guys. Anyway, they finally got to it. And these guys won initiative and killed them in the first round. I was like, nope. One, I didn't want to rob them of a good fight. Oh, that's just a cop-out answer. No, it's not. I really didn't want to rob them of, of a good fight. Now, because I added a whole ton of hit points to this monster, I made a secondary rule, which was I won't kill any of the characters. No matter what happens, no matter how well I roll after this fact, since technically the horror was dead now, I uh, I will not kill one of the characters because it's not fair to them because they had won. But I needed them to feel 
that this fight was a hard fight, that it had crazy abilities. Man, they rolled so well. Every single one of them beat me on initiative, and they put all of their powers together and just clobbered the crap out of it. I mean, people... So in, in Earthdown, it uses exploding dice. So if you roll max on a die, you roll it again and add it to it, right? And you keep doing that. These people were exploding D20s. They are exploding D12s. They were, I mean, everything was getting re-rolled. It was crazy. And so they beat it in one round. I was like, no, I'm not going to have that. Um, on another occasion, I, I will fudge dice rolls. Sometimes I, I, I won't do it for like mid-level characters. If you're a mid-level character in one of my games, that's probably the scariest time. Because I, I won't fudge dice rolls there. Um, but uh, for low-level characters, especially if somebody's brand new to the game, I might do it. I saw somebody post, uh, was it, uh, fudge them if it makes for an exciting story. Yes and no, because to me, part of an exciting story is the inclusion of character death. Now, I, I don't go and wipe out all the players. I, I'm not a TP, TPK kind of guy. But, uh, Ravenswood said that happened to me in the, as a DM in the early 80s. Yeah. Uh, take the game card out, replace the battery, stop using the end cage for calls. That was a good one. Go put that on the screen. Um, but, uh, it depends. Would I save somebody's life for the story? I don't like to have a character in the group that the story revolves around without the session zero declaring that and the other players being okay with that. So I, I, I can't picture myself doing that. At the same time, I always give the players an out. If they choose not to take it, well, that's on them. Um... I will kill characters in random encounters. Ask Bob. He's still mad at me to this day about that one. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, yeah, it's just a random encounter. I should live through that. No. No, that's not true. Do I hate it when it's all caps? Wait, what? I don't know what happened. I'm reading chat and it says all caps. But uh, anyway, so, so from my perspective, is it okay for the Game Master to fudge dice rolls? Yes. It absolutely is, but I only do it, I, I, I don't know how to say it, I only do it when it really feels right. I and like Garthon said, I'll do it if I feel like I totally screwed up, like wow, I thought this was a balanced encounter, I am completely wrong, I have totally whooped their butt, you know, up, down, left, right, so forth. Um, or vice versa, they kill my horror in one round before it even gets a chance to act. No, no, no. You, you need to feel the, the power of that horror. You need to understand that it's not something to be trifled with. Because going forward, you're just going to be like, good plan, we can beat every horror. This is a demon from another plane of existence. It's not going to be that easy. Well, those things said, the game should be a whole first, your campaign. Yeah, that's what Gygax said, yes. You're playing Advanced Dreams is meant to be, yes. No. no I, and I saw you, you copied that and put that on our Discord as well. And, and I agree with that. And sometimes I think that fudging the rolls is in the spirit of the game. As far as the campaign goes, my campaigns, see, I do campaigns differently. As Heathen Dog, I get a lot to say now. Nobody's here fucking. Ah. No, Heathen Dog doesn't believe in player agency. I do, but only to a point. I believe in player agency. In fact, I like it when players come up with some of the stories. And yes, that is possible to do without saying, come on, guys, help me out. No, no, no. I'll have one of the characters, you know, come up with like a, you know, a leprechaun. This is my favorite one. Is one of the characters basically came up with a leprechaun 
uh, under the under the rainbow thing with the pot of gold under the rain, rainbow, right? I turned that into an adventure. So I like it when players come up with stuff like that, come up with uh, little anecdotal stories that I can turn into an adventure while still keeping them on track. What I do is I do a timeline and say everything happens at this point. To oversimplify it, year one is this, year two is that, year three is this, year four is that, year five the enemy wins. Unless things happen to maybe make it go to year 10 or to year never or to oh, year two because you basically sided with the enemy. That's how I do it. So I give the players the agency to ignore, oh, look, there are dragons overhead. Eh, yep, that's going to suck for somebody. You know, that's what they want to do. So, uh, where is it? Well, yes, move forward, but uh, if the game uh, ends because a series of bad rolls and you didn't, you didn't keep the campaign alive. Yeah, but you can, uh, what you can do is you can just have the next set be like, we used to have some adventurers. They were able to get this far, but we think they died. We'd like to see if you could go into the tomb of doom that they were you know, that they were last known to be in, and you can continue the campaign on that way with a new set of adventures. So that there are ways you can do that. Um, you know, I'll tell you that uh, you know, the game as a whole first, the ca your campaign next. Eh, yes and no. I don't to change the rules of the game to fit my campaign. At the same time, my campaign that I'm running is is what we're there for the 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 system that we're running that's just the mechanics we use to go through the campaign now i think you should use a system you should use it properly and i like first and second edition ad and d i like it better than the box set which i or i'm sorry the basic set which i barely know but i'd rather do basic set than any of the third fourth or fifth edition stuff but we're there at the table to play I do story. I don't do monster of the week stuff if i do monster of week it's either because i was unprepared or i felt that the players needed it uh, for that time, but I have, I'm telling a Dragonlance style story, and that I know that irks some people. But I got into Dungeons and Dragons with not the Dragonlance modules, but with that concept that everything was going to be done over the course of you know one to ten levels or one one to five levels or whatever, and maybe multiple campaigns after that with those characters. That's how I got into the game. That's what I like. I like watching my character grow from a nothing to a somebody. Not just because I'm rolling, you know, a plus five on my D20 now versus a plus one on my D20, but I actually like to role play my characters. So, uh, never done Monster Week or Stories, just Sandbox. Yeah, I'm not good enough. Uh, to be completely honest with you, I'm not good enough uh, to do pure Sandbox. I, I fully admit that. I have to have some direction. So, uh, I want a railroad ticket I'd call Amtrak. Well, I like to think I don't railroad you. However, if... If the characters are obstinate, and I use this example because it is something that actually happened, I think I talked about in other stream, we were supposed to go west through a village and so on and so forth and be part of the adventure. We literally built rafts at the beach and went across the ocean. Just to piss off the game master. At that point, the game's over. If you're, you know, I don't believe in unfettered player agency. I believe that we're all there for a purpose that's going to be mentioned in session zero. And uh, you know what, I, I, I kind of want to know what your character, and sometimes you don't know right off the bat, you don't know at level one, sometimes you don't know until level three, four, eight, you know, whatever, what your character's desires are, but I want to help facilitate that in the game. So, um, you hate, I, I mean, the adventure paths as they're written for D&D, &D, I agree with you, but the concept of adventure paths, I like. But, not the module ones. 
because module run ones totally like you said railroad you if for whatever reason you know you're going down this adventure path and uh you know you weren't supposed to do it but you decided to side with the lich lord because you thought that maybe by siding with him you could infiltrate better so on and so forth and there's nothing in the module to allow you to do that game masters go nuts and they have to prepare for stuff like that like i said i do mine in timelines if if the characters or the players got so obstinate as to ignore every timeline i just let them know like if you guys want to keep playing you're going to have to do something about this because uh, unless you want the world to fall into darkness and if that's the case then i'll start putting adventures together where you can join the evil team and maybe side with them and then you know play into the world as the darkness grows or whatever but there comes a point there there's an obligation of the players at the table as well to understand what the dm is trying to do and there's a there's an obligation of the dm to explain to the players what kind of game it's going to be so Falling apart because of damn adulthood. Yeah, I hear that. I put Pax Darkus in Duchy of. Hey, uh, I I don't do Dragonlance like that, but <laughs> because everybody knows it too well. But I mean, I do my own worlds. Sure. Yeah. No. I I, I agree with mostly here. I should get some of that on the screen because people on Twitch aren't. We'll see it. Uh, YouTube chat is going crazy here right now. So let's uh. Um, but if you're churning through parties that much and have to keep your starting a fixture encounter, I agree with that. There's no such thing as a balanced encounter. I don't believe in a balanced encounter. I hate challenge ratings. I hate all that stuff. Um, I put things together in terms of what I think that you can fight and uh, what I think you have a chance of beating. Sometimes I want it to be a 50-50% chance. Sometimes I want you to actually pretty much have the upper ground. Sometimes I want you to run away. You just use lines of people's. Uh, you know what? And, and sometimes those source books help out with that. And, and I get that. I, I Believe me, I don't come up with everything on my own. I like to think of it as a road. There are rules that have to be followed. You can only uh, go be fast, stop here, go there. But you do have choices. Come to a four-way, you go straight, right or left. Yeah, and that's kind of how I see it, too. The, the, what do they call it now? The RPG matrix or something like that? Is that the term that they... And that's kind of how I do it. I don't design the matrix. I literally design a timeline. Say, this is going to happen. And then I fill in adventures from there. So Raven's Air usually goes with a 60-40 split. Uh, that's why I like form setting adventure. I just drag and drop parts in my own world. See, and, and that's what's cool is everybody plays their own way. And I know the OSR community sees what I do is, that's not role-playing, that's storytelling. Well, I consider role-playing also... As long as you give the players some agency. Again, Heathen Dog absolutely does not believe in player agency. He thinks it's all about the, you know, his story that he's telling. And that's his style. Uh, you know, I've been in a few campaigns of him. His, they've been fun, but I can tell you that if you go off the rails with his game, he's going to be like, no. <laughs> like, it's just like that. So, uh, spooning leads to forking. <laughs> wow. Uh... So anyway, I, I hope that explains it. You know, I, I, get, I get where Shadzar is coming from and, and the style that he wants. I am not that good of a game master. And if that's what I need to say to, you know, pass it out there, I am not that good of a game master that I can just do everything sandboxy. I want there to be something overarching. Now, it doesn't necessarily happen at level one. At level one, I believe that characters are, are rescuing kittens from trees. They're not doing crazy, you know, fantastic stuff. You know... 
Once they start hitting level three and level five, then things can start getting a little better for them. But at level one, they're rescuing kittens from trees and, you know, and, uh, and standing watch somewhere. Fighting the random goblin that comes by. But, uh... That's why I like form settings and adventures. I just drag and drop parts. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, I agree. <laughs> Shadows are called roundabouts. <laughs> so, Alright, guys. Um... My cough isn't coming back, that's a good thing, but I'm feeling the, the cold sweats and so forth coming back. I think it is time uh, time to end this. Um, I Hopefully that answers Mar Hawkman's questions. Uh, next week, uh, I haven't put this on the screen for a while. Let me, let me do this real quickly for the couple people who are kind of new here. I'm the only one left in the stream, of course, but uh, there you go. We were, we were toughing this out. We both got sick. I don't know how. I live in Germany. He lives in Michigan, so it's not like we were kissing or something. Scope to see my comment about baby dragons. Okay. Um, your first level. Of, oh, okay. If you're okay, let's put that on the screen. Stop this from scrolling. Oh, where is that? It's from Ravenslayer. Where the hell is it, Ravenslayer? I need a damn comment. Be happy I didn't call you Baldahard today. Um. Oh, is that it? If you first little fighter wander off, gather wood on a counter, a baby uh, green dragon decide to take on solo, well, you're going to die. Yeah, no, that, that is true. Um, I don't think that I would have low-level characters that deep into a woods where a uh, baby green dragon's going to be, especially without his mom. <laughs> but if that were to happen, yeah, they fight it. Even a baby dragon probably killed. Absolutely. I try to keep the more fanciful creatures, the more exotic ones, until higher level. I like my games to be mundane. Yeah, sure, the occasional orc here, but you're fighting lions, you're fighting, you know, maybe some molds or something, depending on, you know, actually those can be kind of high level. Um, I, I tend to have the characters starting off fighting mundane things, and the reason I do that is because by the time you start to get the fanciful things, I don't want them to be boring. Plus, I tend to homebrew most of the fanciful things, because everybody knows the stats that are given in all the monster manuals and compendiums, so I have to make them interesting and different. I usually just take some ability of theirs and change it to another ability. Um, you know, so it's similar, so maybe the troll isn't hurt by acid and fire, but instead it's hurt by, you know, alcohol and, uh, uh, <laughs> and iron or something. You see what I'm saying? Uh, something like that. At the 40 feet, you usually just find things you wrote down on a whim and place... Hey, again, if you can do that, if you can do that, Shadzar, I'm all for it. I want to play the orc. <laughs> I want to play the orc. In my game, you would not be happy playing an orc. But, hey, there are things you can do to survive. I would not intentionally kill somebody... Well, if, again, it depends on the type of game. But I, I do let people play monster... Well, I only let one player play a monster race everybody else has to be normal but uh yeah uh but again it's not gonna be an easy life for you because i do believe that orcs are monsters and they'll be treated by monsters elves probably kill them on sight uh humans meh, pretty close to that so i think this is a good suggestion right here get some sleep and come back strong so here we go. Yeah, let, let's get ready to end this. Shadzar, thank you very much for the comments. Actually, I'm going to say as many names here as I can. Uh, Lost Ogre, Ravenslayer, Shadzar, 
uh, Ghost of Tantalorn. Ghost, you were here from the beginning. I really appreciate that because you're not one of our regulars. So, you know what? Thank you very much for coming by. Or if you are, you're under a different name. Um, anybody who I missed, well, I want to thank Heathen Dog for sticking it out as long as he could. Garthon for sticking out until his phone died. But uh, my dream character is an orc cyber knight. Well, I'm guessing in the Palladium system. Possible. So, uh, I I don't know what the rules are there, especially with the uh, with all the source books. That would be uh, that would be you know more of a heathen dog thing than me. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, I wish I could continue on. I'm really starting to sweat badly here. I think the bronchitis is kicking back in. I have to take these little short, shallow breaths or I cough. But uh, next week we plan to be back. You'll see us on camera. We'll go through those three OCCs for heathen dog. Hopefully, you know, you know, guys, uh, remember, let me, let me put a couple things up. Here. Oh, I have to go through this. Okay. So I've got to put up. Let's do these real quickly. I'm not even going to do this in order. I'm just going to do it the way I see them on here. So you already know what RPG digest is, uh, social link. Those are our social links. You can find us there. Twitter is probably the worst place to get a hold of me. Um, come to our Discord. Check us out on Parlor, which I'm having some fun with. Uh, we're not really the best at social media. Just open up the subscribe star. We want to really start offering you some stuff like modules and so on and so forth. I'll catch up with chat here in just a minute. Uh, I do see it still moving out of the corner of my eye. Orc Street Samurai Shadow. There you go. See, I, I'm an old Shadowrun player. I, I preferred second edition. Heathen Dog preferred first edition. I thought second edition cleaned up some of the problems with first edition, but he really likes first edition. I have not played third, fourth, or fifth, or sixth edition. Um, by the way, Shadzar is pretty prolific on posting on our uh, Discord. We really appreciate that. So uh, thank you, Shadzar. Uh, if you can think of anything you want me to rant about, I'm the ranter. I'm the one that gets uh, in trouble with YouTube and Twitch all the time. So today I didn't do it so much, but that's because, you know, I kind of feel eh. But uh, you can also buy it and so forth on Spreadshirt. Um, this is our schedule. The days and times are right. The games are all wrong now. I have not updated that, so I apologize. Well, my face would be more productive. Yeah, MySpace. I, I, I know what you meant. I played first edition Chatterrun. Oh, I see Shazar's jump from YouTube to, to Twitch. It's confusing me. All right. Anyway, this is where we stream the games, except for Sunday, where uh, RPG Digest, that's what you're watching. Um, and see. Do, 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 do. What's next? I don't know. Oh, that's schedule. I want to thank everybody for being here. I want to uh, thank all of our subscribers, members, all the cheers, bits, donations. Ravenslayer, I'm everywhere. Yes, you are. Uh, Ravenslayer gave bits earlier. Hold on. I'm going to cough because I was laughing. Thank All right, I think I I should use the real mute button, not that one. That one goes clunk, clunk. But anyway, I want to thank all of our followers, subscribers, chatters, and lurkers. Thanks. Does MySpace even still exist? I think so. Can't view video on Twitch, but I have pop-up. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah, when I'm at work, I can't do uh, Twitch, but I can do YouTube. It's weird. Uh, back in the old days, I could do Mixer also. If you don't want to give uh, bits and donations and so forth to us, you can go ahead and give it to the Wounded Warrior Project. Those are people... And much more need, you know, hard times for everybody. But when you're disabled because, you know, you're in service to the country and so forth, you know, uh, every donation there uh, is beneficial and helps somebody out. And if you are watching on Twitch and you hover over the screen right now, you will see friends of the channel. Follow them all. Tell them Legion of Myths sent you and you will be following some very interesting channels.
Uh, what's next? Five, where's five? Oh, that's segment three, which we didn't do, so, and disclaimer six, so that is it. So let me put that back up. Again, I'm very bad with the goodbyes. I can do the goodbyes for like an hour and a half, but you know what? I've got to go. <laughs> and, uh, and I truly want to thank everybody who is here. Uh, if you look at some of our past videos, yes, I'm an antagonistic, ranting jerk, but you know what? That's why I'm lovable, right? <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, the energy and the health is hopefully going to be back next week. And with that said, we're going to go. Fit.